Hello. What's, What's going it? on? Hey, look, there's there, there's that re, uh, rich, deep voice that I've come accustomed to now. I love your podcast and expect something so baritone-ish like. Well, I apologize. No, 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 no by all means, listen. Uh, from somebody who has always had kind of a squeaky voice that breaks even at 40, to have somebody that sounds like Darth Vader on the other line, end of the line, <laughs> it, it's a fantastic experience. So uh, I, I am it. certainly appreciating that. I, I love it. <laughs> I, I have been told I have a voice for, uh, I mean, I have a face for radio. So, you know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, and I'm not going to disagree with them. With that being said, uh, it's still a pleasure to talk to you, Devin. Uh, Youngblood from the Youngblood Life. Uh, my name is Hugo Torres. It's nice to finally connect, actually, on the recording. Thanks so much for, uh, for arranging this and to being available. Oh, you know, being available is actually some. It, it sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's like literally life gets in the way. But you know what? That that's kind of what our podcast is about. It's just life. That's how that how it happens. Well, that's <laughs> that's kind of what I've been noticing. I, as a matter of fact, I, ju I was just done watching one of your YouTube videos. I think your wife was trying to teach your kiddo how to drive, and uh, <laughs> uh, my kids are not quite there. I have, uh, you know, I'm a few years your junior, so kid-wise, so my kids are still not even teenagers, but I know that I'm heading towards that direction. So in, it's interesting to see her reactions, and I think your, your kiddo at one point tries to put the brakes on a little bit too fast, and your wife reacts, <laughs> and, and I know that I'm going to get there, and, but I have anxieties from left to right, and I know that when those days comes, I am going to be riddled with Whoa. it, and it's not going to be fun. Whatever hair I have left... Uh, I'm gonna lose it. Lose it. <laughs> you'll you'll be like me soon, you know. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. But, well, from your pit, from what I've seen from your pictures, you you got a beautiful head of hair and well, keep, well, you know what? And I love, I, can, love. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, oh man, yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. I mean, family's interesting. Life is interesting. You never know exactly what way it ever it's ever going to take you. I mean, teaching a kid to drive is literally one of the most nerve wracking things you'd ever do in your life. I mean, and I, I think about how did my parents do it? You know, I'm number six of seven kids. But, you know, I learned to drive on multiple things. First thing I learned to drive on in, in, in reality was actually the family dump truck. Because we, we had a family. <laughs> no, seriously. Okay. And yeah. I, we're, I'm driving this dump truck illegally. I know it's illegal. Down through the town, driving it to take it to the dump. My dad's like, ah, go ahead. <laughs> I know. Uh, listen, I was looking at my, our, our, our truck and... All I had to do it was move it from a place where there's a shady spot into our parking lot. It's been super hot in Southern California. And right. so I've been parking it in a different across the street where there's a tree that actually blocks it. And it was late in the afternoon and I didn't feel like moving it. And for a half a second, I thought, maybe I'll get my 12 year old to move it. He hasn't driven a car before in his life. And I'm like, well, what would the logistics of that be? You know, because I obviously would have to teach him in just him moving it 20 feet. It cost me, even though he never even did it. It caused me so much anxiety and worry that I'm like, no, nope, that's it. He's, he's, he's going to have to Uber it for the rest of his life because I'm not, I'm not going to do it for him. You know, honestly, the simplest way to take, teach kids how to drive, at least get the gist of it, go-karts. Take them to a go-kart park and just stay, oh. go, run. And then, you know, they'll, they'll figure out the gas and the brake and you tell them, listen, you know, that, that, of course, that's two pedaling it. That's how they do it that way. But then once they get the gist of that, you can say, listen, now, a real car, it's a one-pedal deal. You got to do right, you know, right foot goes to the uh, gas, the right foot does the brake. You don't want to be pushing both of them at the same time, unless you're teaching a kid how to drive a manual. Now, that's a total different ballgame right there. Oh, yeah. No, and that's actually a really good thought. I had not considered that. Uh, the go-karts, I think that's interesting. You know, I learned how to drive stick from my father-in-law. 
Right. Um, I drove automatic for the majority of my uh, my life. And then when my wife and I actually started dating and we started getting serious with one another, my dad is this uh, big military guy. He was in the Air Force for a long, long time. And he's like, well, you know, uh, you, you you might get stuck, in, you know, or, or Nicole may not be able to drive. Uh, I should probably teach you how to drive the, um, uh, you know, her Jeep. And it was this manual transmission. And not only did he already thought very little of me, I'm not the handiest guy. And this is a guy that was working for the Air Force fixing, you know, uh, jet planes. And so he, he, he doesn't think much. I'm not very mechanical. I'm trying to impress him. He's also this six foot two white guy. I'm this little, you know, five foot seven brown guy. And it's just like the most, you know, odd couple looking thing. And, and I'm stalling this thing and I'm grinding gears and, I was lucky that it was Nicole's car, my wife's car, because had it been his, he probably would have kicked me out of the car and, and, and not allowed me to marry her. So <laughs> that's kind of how I learned. Oh, man. Well, you know, it, it can be done. I know my, my uh, well, uh, Jacob, my 15-year-old, my he, he, he's getting the gist of it. I mean, he's driven the manual before, but it, it, he's like, oh, I'm an expert. I'm like, no, you're not an expert. Trust me. <laughs> like, I know. I, mean, I said, my dad, when he, he, I learned to, you know, when I was officially learned to drive, it was that dump truck. What not, it was a stick shift. So you, you know, and he's like, okay, we're gonna take it to the steepest hill. And we get, I said, okay, no problem. He said, no, go up the steepest hill. He said, no, stop. I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> oh <laughs> he's yeah. Like, he's like, stop. So I'm in the middle of this really steep hill in town, and in, in this, you know, several ton <laughs> truck. And he's like, okay, now go. I'm like, no. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> Once I'm stopped, I'm not going anywhere. Oh and, yeah. Oh yeah. man, because you you have to you have to be quick. And I start you know I I rolled backwards. I killed it a hundred times. But you know, hey, I eventually got it. <laughs> there is this street. I'm gonna say it's gonna be Cienega and uh, Sunset Boulevard here in, in in Southern California. Okay. Uh, it's it's where you know if if you're if you have money, we don't. So we pretend. Uh, you know, when you go and to drive around to look like you. You know, you, you you know, like you belong. Um, that, that, then, hey, you've just described my entire life. No. <laughs> like Succinct is, is 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 key. Um, yeah, so we, we, it's my my girlfriend and I. We were dating at the time, and again, we were in her jeep, and I had just you know been talking a big game about oh you know now I know how to do it. So we end up on this street, and it is the grade's got to be forty five degrees, fifty. You know, it's something really really steep. Yeah. Uh, and there I am. I've climbed all the way up to the top of it. And I'm cut at a stop sign, and all, and there's like 40 cars behind me, uh, and it's and when we say 40 cars, it's a mixture of regular cars, but you also have your I think like I had a, like a, a Corvette, or like a brand new one right behind me, and then there's a whole bunch of other fancy cars, and the light goes green, and I stall, and <laughs> the first time it's all right, uh, you know, turn it back on, uh, I I stall again, all of a sudden you start hearing the honks going. And right. The, the the pressure of cars behind you, of you not being able to get out of it. It's not like I can tell her get out of the car and we switch seats here, because I mean, I, I don't want to have to do that walk of shame around the car. <laughs> and I finally got out of there, but it was one of the most nerve wracking things I've ever had to do. Well, but I mean, but that's you know, I think that's part of 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 life and part of growing, though. I mean, it, it is dealing with that. I mean, I, I, and of course. I don't want to go sound political, political here, but the reality is I think kids need that kind of stuff and people need that kind of stuff because it helps you learn to cope with stuff that really gets hard. I mean, that, that's seriously what it comes down to. It doesn't matter where you are, stand politically and, or anywhere in life. If you have 
moments like that, you actually learn to, you know, figure out and cope with it. And once it, once it's over, you're like, Hey, I finally did that. And then you know where the mistakes were and where you can keep on going, moving forward. I mean, that, that's my opinion, but yeah, I don't know. No, no, no. I mean, I most certainly agree with it. I mean, it's something that my wife and I are, are talking about all the time currently. Again, my kids are, I, I mean, I think you, you still have little ones. And I think you, from what I've seen, your kids' ages run the gamut from, you know, uh, relatively uh, young to like 15, 16 year olds. Yeah, we, we go from basically seven years old, almost eight to uh, almost a 17 year old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have got to stop. And this is coming from a Mexican oh, guy. We're done. You, we're you done. Guys, you're okay. <laughs> we're done. We, we don't need more of young bloods. In, in, we we have world. we have figured out what causes children and it's moving so we're no longer going to move every <laughs> right time on. we've moved we've had a child i'm like right okay on. we're done <laughs> okay. for, for, for the sake of the population control knock it off so but it's one of those things that like i, I agree with you where you know we live i live relatively poor my wife uh grew up i'm mean, in an okay household but always moving around because of the military and stuff that was going on with the, you know with her parents and it's not like just you're in the military and you're making bank i mean there's a right. lot of families that struggle right and, and i think for the most part we're better people because of those struggles all of those challenges that come from trying to make ends meet uh, you know, seeing your parents, you know, take uh, sometimes have two jobs or three jobs or, yeah. or you, yourself having to, you know, get yourself through your bootstraps and get you through things uh, that has made us who we are. We're, we're hardier as people for that. Whereas with my kids, I mean, I, I grew up walking through East LA neighborhoods to school back and forth in, in, in the dangers that with that. Now my kids go to school two blocks away from me and I have to make sure to walk them all the way there because, uh, something could happen. And, and I'm right. starting to, and I'm starting to, you know, realize that some of that is a disservice to them because they do need to find themselves in the world and they need to do need to find, uh, the occasional challenge, uh, even to the point that it pushes them to the brink so that they can understand that, you know, life comes at you and you have to roll with it or figure out a way through it or give up. And I'd rather than well, not give up. Well, as parents, we always want to take care of our kids. We don't want them. We really don't want to see our kids struggle at all. And but then on the other side of it all, you're right. We have to be able to um, allow them to gain, literally, just gain experience on how to deal with situations. I mean, you know, I I grew up in. I won't say we were poor, but I can tell you that uh, we, you know, we. My parents always made things happen. I mean, I remember this one year that uh, my dad. Uh, you know, we didn't have any money. Business, we ran, we had a family owned business. So we, you know, business wasn't that great. And, you know, Christmas, of course, as kids, we didn't know about this until later on. My dad actually plays the banjo. How, how Southern redneck am I? I can well. just tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, deliverance every morning. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and so, um, he sold his banjos to make sure us as kids had a great Christmas. Wow. But, but, uh, you know, and, and those are the struggles that my, you know, my kids don't know the, the, a lot of the fight. They, they, they get involved in the finances of the family, but they don't get fully involved. They understand that, Hey, for them to play rugby, it costs this. And so, and we, we actually make our kids pay for part of everything they do because I mean, it's me. I, it's part of growing up. It's part of being responsible. And you know, I, I never was given everything. I mean, I was given a lot, but, and, but I, I, I want my kids to have the same experience. You know, I bought my own car when I turned 16. Um, my kids, I'm, gonna let them, I'm letting them do the same thing. My daughter, she wants a car. I'm like, here's the deal. I will help you get the car. I will actually help, you know, give, maybe if I have to give you down payment for it. But you have to pay for the car. I said, once you miss a payment, it's gone. I said, Sec that second. You. And so I said, no difference than, you know, the, a bank repossessing. Your dad will repossess it and I'll sell it. 
I said, it, it comes down to responsibility. I mean, and that that's that's part of the experience of, of raising kids. You have to, you know, everybody wants to be that helicopter parent and always hover over their kids, make sure everything's fine and dandy. But the reality is we live in a world where crap happens. We do. Crap happens all the time. And how do we deal with it? Is just to work through it. I mean, that's seriously, that sounds so simple, but it's true. I mean, you have well, to work through it. And, and, and that is one of the challenges of our times. And again, like you said a second, not to get into, into pontificate about all sorts of things, but I, I do find that that's one of the challenges of the, these new generations that they're having is the fact that so much has, is given to them, so much is handed to them. Uh, they, they, and they also they come to expect so much of the world just by mere fact that they were born. And the reality is that uh, once they actually get out there to the marketplace or you know, to, to the, the, the atmosphere of adults, Nothing is going to be handed to you, right? Uh, you know, and, boy, I wish. Holy crap! <laughs> oh yeah, and and also one of the things that I that I keep on uh, instilling in my kids is there's also a great deal of satisfaction when you work towards something and you get it, right? Uh, which is something that all of the things that I've been able to accomplish, the places that I've been able to travel, the conversations that I've been able to have, the education that I've amassed over the years, it is something that I earned for myself. Nobody nobody gave it well, to me, and and that's wonderful. But you, and in many cases, you respect it more. I mean, I, I think that's the, the the part of the you know the lot of, I see a lot of kids out there who you know they're given you know like I've given my kids all of them a phone. I'll give them a phone. I don't care. I mean, it's usually the hand me downs, and that's fine because I upgrade and I get the I have phones left over, so I give them a phone. Sure. But once that phone is destroyed and they've destroyed it, I'm like, it's gone. And they're like, well, I need a phone. I'm like, well. Go make some money. No, seriously, I mean, you know, my my son, he's he's the worst. I mean, he he's broken three iPhones, and the first one I paid for, the second one, well, no. it's it's on him. And you know, so he's like, well, how do I need to make money? So uh, where we live, there's a lot of the uh, window wells, so you you know, for, go down, goes down into the basement of the houses, and, and he's like, okay, I can make money by cleaning those out. I mean, no one cleans out their window wells, so he goes around, and he knocks on doors, and hands out flyers, and he's he's literally, <laughs> I just want to say, if you did this every day. You have a full-time job. You literally can make $900 a week cleaning out window wells during the summer. I'm yeah, like, dad, dad may end up asking you for money to, dang straight. <laughs> to, to, buy, to buy the next iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, but so they have, kids have to learn them that they, if they, if every, I think if everything is ever given to a kid, they don't learn anything. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, I think about, you know, the stuff that I have always purchased, even when I was a kid, I, I took care of it. The stuff that was given to me, it was kind of like, eh, okay. You know, it's kind of like right. Christmas, Christmas toys. The kids destroy them, have fun. Oh, it broke. And then they're all sad. But then when they buy something, they literally take care of it like it's gold. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a believer that if somebody has a, a stake in what's going on, you know, they're, they're going to pay attention to it. The moment that it, 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 that's one of the issues that I have with free is the fact that it has no value. Therefore, right. you don't consider it important. And uh, one of the things that I often talk to my kids about is the fact that if, if, if we're going to do something, you need to have a stake in it because it needs to mean something to you. Yeah. Um, walking away from it is not an option just because it's free. Well, you're, you sound like a good dad. <laughs> no, I mean, that, I mean that, that seriously, that's what it comes down to. I mean, there, there's so many people out there that, that don't understand just those basic, simple concepts. And... And, and, and that's the crazy part is that to me, a lot of this is common sense. I mean, you talk conservative, uh, liberal, whatever you want to call it. I think there's just some, some good common sense out there, which, is me, which means that you raise your kids to have respect for value in that they also right. want to contribute to the household not just be a taker to it and, and and it's just what i'm instilling in my kids and uh yeah among a bunch of other things but 
uh, you took, you know, how dad takes too many selfies. You know, there's, there's <laughs> oh, there's never too many selfies. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> when you have a face like mine, maybe. Uh, or I mean, listen, you know, I'm one of those. Have, guys have you seen my face? <laughs> I, I, I've tried not to. So, <laughs> now, speaking of, of of busting somebody's chops, I, one of the one of my the joys that has been listening to to your podcast has been the rapport that you and your other have have. I, I, I think she's one of those. She's kind of like mine, where uh, she's going to call you on things when she needs to. Other than that, she's pretty much seems to go with the flow and have a really good sense of humor. Yeah. Um, how did how did you both decide to to start podcasting together? Because it's something that I've talked. You know, my wife and I have these amazing, funny conversations. But I know that she would be like that frog in the WB. Like the moment that I put the <laughs> recorder on, she'd clam up and, and, and turn German on me. And, and she's of German descent and just be stoic and not say a word. So how, how did you guys bridge that? So, I mean, okay, so I, I, I take that back to, see, I've been doing YouTube stuff. I mean, our current channel, The Youngwood Life, is obviously the same thing as our podcast, The Youngwood Life. Um, you know, it originally started off just being um, is an, an ad, adaptation of, um, the podcast ended up being an adaptation of the of a YouTube of our YouTube, one of our old YouTube shows called Moms and Dads, and most of those episodes are pretty much gone. You can find some of them, so I think that there's some on our current YouTube channel. But I mean, I've been doing doing YouTube stuff for over ten years, um, and uh, you know whether it's is that pretty my, much since the beginning? Um, almost, almost. Um, yeah. and, and what I when I got into YouTube is I actually started. I'll, see, my background is sales and marketing, so I, I tried to figure out ways to utilize YouTube to do sales and marketing for businesses. And um, so I'd help them grow and things like that. And so that's kind of what I do for a living anyway right now, other than the, other than my social media and podcasting and stuff. I mean, I, I help creators make money. I mean, I, I, I get to, I show them how to work with brands. I show them how to get brands, even if it's as simple as stuff as a, getting a, a, you know, a promo code and say, hey, this podcast is brought to you by such and such product. Go check it out. Use promo code this and you make money. Right. So um, as far as, you know, getting my wife involved, it, you know, it was you know, at first it was the YouTube thing. How hard, how it was hard to get her to get the camera out. I said, I can't record everything because I can't, I'm not always around with the kids. You have to record stuff. Right. And so, and it, it, it's a growing thing. It's something that it, it's at first it feels awkward. I mean, walking through the store, carrying a camera in front of your face is like literally the most awkward, weird thing you ever see in your life. And, but it's no, seriously, I mean, it happens and you do it because you, you're, the end result is you want people to be share in, in some of the joy of what you do. Now, our YouTube, we don't, most of the time nowadays, it's pretty much all live streams because it's so simple, so easy, and it's in the now. People people want that immediate, what's happening right now versus, hey, this was recorded three weeks ago. Um, but as far as getting on the podcast, I mean, it, it, it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, I have to say, podcasting seemed hard to me at first. Okay. Because uh, I'm, I was always doing video, and the video, it, it, it technically video should be harder. Uh, that's what you, I was gonna say. Yeah, I, I found it to be harder. Well, I mean, because you you have to worry about the the you know angles. You have to worry about is the sound done well. I mean, and, and honestly, if you've watched any of our stuff, you're like your angles are bad and your sound is horrible. <laughs> but right. it, it, but it, and so it was kind of daunting because I'm here thinking, how do we make a good quality podcast? And then I came across anchor and anchor's like, Oh, this is easy. Do it from your phone. I'm like, Oh, that's not bad. Cause I mean, I, I started getting all the equipment for, for a studio. I mean, I've got, I actually have a semi studio at the house anyway, but it was just seemed daunting. And then, you know, my wife, she says, well, it's no different than YouTube. Right. I'm like, well, it's just talking into a microphone. She says, okay, let's do it. And then the, the hardest part is just, you just have to do it. 
And time, that'd be the only advice I can give you. you. Just ask her, say, hey, come on to a show. Be here, part of it. And so let's see how it works. I mean, I, that's, that's the only thing I could tell you. I mean, it, it's, my, my wife will call me out on anything. She has no problem doing that. I mean, I, that, that's why one, one of the main reasons I married her. I mean, <laughs> I yeah. need, some, need somebody to keep me in check. But so it's, I don't know. It, it, and it's different for everybody. I, I understand that. But it's just one of those things that you just have to do it. I mean, there's, it's, it may feel weird and awkward. I mean, talking to a microphone about random stuff sometimes. But the reality is, is it, whatever the knowledge that you have, it can help somebody. And that's, that's really the end result. That, that's for us. That's the end result. I mean, we do some fun stuff. We do some stupid stuff. We do some very boring stuff. But the reality is whatever we say could help and affect someone's life. Well, and, and that's one of the things that I'm finding uh, very quickly through this process. And I've only been at it for about a month or so, a little bit longer than that. And is, is the fact that you don't think that you're going to reach an audience. You don't think that there's anybody out to hear you because you feel, well, th this is so very specific to me. This is my life. These are my adventures. These are my stories. Uh, we, you know, who, who really wants to hear them? I'm not a professional or I'm not a, uh, you know, a famous person that has you know, interesting things going on about me. But the fact is that there is an audience for, for everybody. And if you tap into it and if you're, and if you, like you said, keep at it, uh, they, they'll come back and, and want to hear more from you. I think that's one of the, the, the best parts about this is that I've had some really good feedback from friends and people that I've met online and, and even the interactions that you and I had where there was basically a cat call for lack of a better term for like, hey, um, I don't think cat, cat call is the right word, but like, <laughs> hey, um, you know, the, you, who do you want to podcast and who do you want to podcast with? And that's how you and I connected. And, right. and, and that's the wonder of a, the technology that we have available to us and the fact that there are so many willing people that, that, that want to talk and want to share and want to, well, to discuss. So I'm, I'm working with a, a couple of brands right now and, and the sponsors we're actually putting together. Everybody knows Ted talks. I mean, I love Ted talks. Yes. I think they're awesome. Um, and we're putting together a Ted style event. Uh, probably it looks like it's going to be closer to middle of next year. And is that through uh, Summit and Vine? It is. Will be through Summit and Vine. Yes. Um, okay. And so the, um, the the nice thing about this event is we're not you know we may get some A speakers, A list speakers, but that that'll help pull the people in. But the reality of the whole event, the highlights are for the fact that we believe, and with, the, with the, these couple of sponsors I've been working with, they are they're in agreement with us. Everyone has a story. Everyone right. has something to say, and 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 everything. Everyone has something that can help benefit others and so we're going to have a an entire day of talks by some a-listers and a lot of nobodies and it's the nobodies that i want to highlight the most you know we're going to live stream it we're going to um, have it where you can be, come and buy tickets and sit down and watch but it's it that's what it's going to be all about is because we the, our world we live in has so many amazing people and that's one thing i love about podcasting you learn and hear from so many different people and you hear different sides of life different and, and it actually helps you become a better human being if you will i mean i it, it's true because you you know what someone else feels you know what someone else thinks and you say okay i kind of believe that and so if, and if you believe it then that means you you can help create something even better and that's what yeah. it comes down to I, I agree with you. I mean, a lot of the times, and we're told by a variety of sources, particularly media, and, and pick your poison, there's so many outlets out there, but you're told by mainstream folks, hey, we're a divided nation, and we're so divided, you know, we're, we're so different, and nobody can relate to one another. And I, and I, the more that I talk to folks on, on things like Anchor, or the more that I uh, touch base with people on Twitter or, or online, I realize that, yes, 
there are some things where we're very different and uh, we're more conservative or more liberal in, in some different aspects. But the core is the same, which is we have families. We want to raise them to be the best people that they can be. Um, and th th that our stories, are, you know, are, for the most part, are relatively similar. We just have, you know, we have little different tangents. But I, I, I love the concept of hearing what other buddy, what somebody else's experience has been like. Uh, and, and primarily, like, for instance, I grew up in the 90s as a teenager. So it's nice to hear all these stories from people my age and how they experience the same shows that I did, how they, I, they experience the same movies that I did. And maybe they have their own take on it or right. they found themselves in a different place in life. And, and, and that made it interesting. And I, and I love hearing those stories. Well, you know, I, I was a, I, I, I'm not sure what year you're born, but the reality is I, I, I was a 90s kid, too. And I, I agree. I mean, the reality is um, all these things that um that, that uh, happened in life. I mean, I, I still think <laughs> you know, the nineties was 10 years ago. I know <laughs> far yeah. from it. I mean, <laughs> I'm here going, crap. <laughs> oh yeah. And so it, but the, all these experiences that we have, you know, they can be good, they can be bad, but they help all of us learn. And, you know, my, 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 uh, my experiences in raising a family and my wife's experiences in raising a family, I mean, it's totally new to us. I mean, we, we, I remember when our oldest, Paris, when she was born, I'm here, here I am, I'm holding this cute little thing, seven pounds. And I'm here going, holy crap, I don't know how to do this. And I yeah. think that that happens to everybody. I mean, and, and doesn't matter how many books you've ever read, how many, how many, you know, how much advice you ever get, the reality is, it's like that first child, you see them out there eating dirt and you're freaking out. They're eating dirt. You get the second child and you're like, oh, we should just stop that. You get the third child, they're like, go ahead, fill up on the dirt, man, because I'll be less dinner. I have to feed you. I mean, I, <laughs> no, I mean, fill up, baby. It's all good carbs. <laughs> That's right. You'll burn that sucker off. No big, no problem. My <laughs> wife, every now and then, she'll send me a, a text message because she's a jerk this way. She'll send something along the lines of, did you know that Luke Perry just hit, it, it was just inducted in the AARP? I'm like, oh, don't tell me stuff like that. Because that makes me feel old. Or, or the worst one, and I don't know if this is happening in Utah, but I know it's happening here. Uh, you know, back when back in the day, we had K Earth 101, and it yeah. was the new, it was the oldie station, and you were playing doo wop and things from the 60s, oh. and, and maybe, maybe they were starting to dip into the 70s, and all of a sudden, I'm I'm turning on the radio, and they have Stone Temple Pilots on there. Oh, and I, I thought, what a second! The oldie station just called me old. What? Why is Elvis playing right before uh, you know Yellow Lead Better from uh, Pearl Jam? Pearl Jam, exactly. What? That's <laughs> that's just that's just wrong and rude. This is not right. <laughs> no, I, I almost uh, I almost uh, took up my typewriter and started writing to the uh, editors. That's right. How dare you, dear editor? You don't know what you're talking about. This is not oldies music. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, what you know? What's funny is you know, you know my kids. I mean, I, I love my kids. They're amazing and. Um, because we, li I listen to everything when it comes to music. I mean, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm not too impressed with the current music out there, but there are some good bands. Sure. And, you know, growing up, I mean, everybody likes the music they listen to when they grew up. That's the bottom line. I mean, the music I listened to was the most amazing music ever. Of course, you asked my, my dad. My dad's, what, 78 years old now. And yeah. The music he listened to was the greatest music ever, you know. But I'm here going, my kids literally it doesn't matter what's what's on the radio and we'll play a game at the house and it's just because i love music we'll play a game and and i'll go on i'll get on the youtube and i'll find the uh, music and just i'll push play i'm like okay guys two points you can tell me who this is 
And everybody in the room is like trying to guess, trying to guess. And they're, they're, they're guessing wrong. And all of a sudden, my youngest, my seven-year-old, he walks in. And literally, it was it was Yellow Leadbetter by Pearl Jam. He walks, he goes, he goes that's Yellow Leadbetter by Pearl Jam. And he, did, he just keeps on walking upstairs. And my wife's just mouth just drops. She's like, what? Yep. What? And I'm like, we are raising our kids correctly. But the thing is, they listen to the current music. And they love the current music. Um, but they're all fully rounded. I mean, my daughter, my oldest... Um, she'll sit. You, I can go to her room, and she can go from you know the you know whatever's currently popping, whatever you know, she can, and then and then the next song come on would be some Beethoven. I mean, she's listening. They're fully, and I think that's healthy for kids. I mean, you they need to be, you know, in they need to be involved in all aspects of all generations. I mean, that, that that's how they learn, and then mm-hmm. you know they can go, they can get their own own experience and their own opinions of those. But they listen and they do. They're they're involved in multiple, you know. I'd say centuries of music. I think music music is important in life. I think yeah. I mean, it's paramount. I I have this theory that it's the job of the parent to to lay the base foundation for for not for basic knowledge, and a big part of yeah. that is is music. And so, for instance, with me, I have this um, one of my clients. I'm a real estate agent by trade, and one of wow. my clients in in one of the uh, one of the closets that she has, she had you know the, the previous owner had all of these cassettes. In uh, <laughs> mixed tapes that they had, and she's like, "Well, I don't have a tape player. No, who? Nobody has that in a car, and most people throw it away." And I said, "No, no, no, don't throw that away. No, I'll, I'll keep it." So she's like, "Okay, you know, a closing gift, you can have it." And so I brought it home, and I, you would have thought that I found the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, this thing <laughs> was, the, and, and I and I, you know, it's, and this guy, whoever did it, and I put it on my Instagram. But I, they, they basically took through, went through all of the decades, and they got the best of. And it's from the 1960s to about 19 uh, to the 1980s. That is and amazing. Uh, and I pop those suckers in there, you know, because my kids love to play board games, and typically I I get stuck playing these hour long games. So if you, I, <laughs> if I get to stuck doing that, they get to listen to to my music, and and so they they've been listening to that, or I have this turntable. Uh, and, I, and I buy vinyl every now and then because I like the sound of it. Right. And so I, I'll play that. And like you said, your Beethoven's and Tchaikovsky's and, and all of the old classic stuff. And so then, you know, fast forward to we're on this long drive and everybody's tired of the radio. We've been in the car for six hours. It's like, can we just have quiet time? And everybody's simmer down. So we quiet down in the car. And all of a sudden from the back, I hear my youngest. Um, she starts Johnny cashing it like I see the trainer coming and I'm just listening to her and part of me wants to cry because I feel like I've did my job as a dad she knows who Johnny <laughs> Cash is well but but I think that's important I mean when we lived in Nashville I mean I'm, I'm born and raised in the south oh gosh yeah you know, I'm born and raised in the south and um, I'm not from Nashville but I tell people we're from Nashville because most of our marriage life we lived in we, we lived in Nashville so we are family you know we're raising our kids in the south and you know my my good friend neighbor Billy Ray Cyrus he, he um of he course, was, he, you're like, oh, of course, that's real. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously, I mean, well, I mean, neighbor, I mean, he was several, he was a couple hundred acres over, sure. but you know, we, I knew, I know him and he's a good guy. He's a fantastic guy. Um, the, but people have to know, uh, you know, all aspects of music. And you know, I, I, I am not a huge country fan, but you can't go to Nashville and not get a, a respect for country. I mean, country, right. it, 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 seriously, it is, it, it speaks volumes to, when it comes to music. And it, it, you know, just like rap does, just like, uh, you know, rock music does. I mean, I, I'd say there's no better, no better music than some of the old eighties ballads, rock ballads. I mean, those guys knew how to write a song, but, right. but, you know, you have to know Johnny Cash. I mean, Johnny Cash is a staple for, it doesn't matter where you stand on music. 
you better know who Johnny Cash is. But I mean, the man in black has to be known. Personal right. opinion. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I'm right there with you, and and I'm somebody that came to 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 learn about Johnny Cash later in life. Actually, I really started to respect Johnny Cash after the movie came out. Okay, that's the, so. Well, I, that's... I mean, but I grew up with Elvis, and I grew up with. Um, a pretty woman guy. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, um, Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison, yeah. I grew up with a lot of those guys. I, they just didn't play a lot of Johnny Cash in the, in the oldie station for back then. Well, um, because, well, I think part of, part of the problem is is uh, back when I was a kid, and obviously when you were a kid too, during the 90s, the music was really segregated in many cases. You, you rarely got country music on. Uh, oh, gosh, yes. That's right. That's right. Old music. They just lump it into one so you hear the johnny cash you hear the the uh you know the the bgs you hear all you know all these genres all smashed into one station which i kind of like even though it makes me feel old for the fact that yes <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean but that's that's part of it so now you said you were in nashville then you moved to utah do yeah, you mind no, why why the switch or okay why Okay, so um, we, in Nashville, we, you know, we, we love Nashville. I miss it a lot. Um, I miss uh, I miss humidity. I'm, I'm, that's very sad to say that I miss humidity. I hate putting on lotion because out here I, I'm I'm technically in the desert, and it's right. I dry out, you know, so bad. It's ridiculous. But um, so we I, a company out here, um, my the company I was working for was basically they're about to go under. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've always ran my own business on the side just to make some extra cash. It never really was anything that was sustained, was, you know, be substantial. It, we could, we, it would pay for a few bills a month, max. Um, and so company out here, they hired me. I can't, and they said, we'll move you out here. So we, we sold our house. We had five acres of land. Built, had a house we remodeled. It was built in 1835, old big giant wow. Victorian monster. I loved it. It was nice. But you can't, if you don't have work, you can't pay bills. So. Right. We decided to, that we needed to make a move. And so we move out here because the company's going to company hired me to handle their sales and marketing. Um, we get out here. Then I worked for the company for six months and Amazon comes in and swoops them up and said, we got, we own this company now. So worked with them for a little bit. And then, then seeing that what's about to happen, I stayed there as long as, long as uh, they would let me. Amazon comes into the sales and marketing department and says, we love you all you guys. You have done a great deal. Here's your severance. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm like we just got here i've been here for at this at that point probably seven months eight months and I'm like oh we just got here and so now we're stuck and that, i say we're not really stuck i mean we love it out here i love the mountains i love the you know i'm close to pretty much almost i'm within a, a couple of hours of almost every national park you can think of where I'm, are you in utah yeah uh we're in salt lake salt lake so, got it yeah we're in salt lake but it's it's i'm here going it's nice so I, I went and did, did some consulting stuff, but I still do a good bit of consulting uh, for different um, retailers and co- companies like that that, that that want to stand out a little bit more. But then I just basically started taking my hobby and turned it into a, a, a full-time job. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So, well, I mean, I think, well, it's something that if, if you love what you do, and my grandfather, he, he said, if, if, if he was, uh, if you love what you do, people will pay you to do it. And, you know, that's hard to believe, especially when you're like, okay, we're, we're eating, I'm tired of eating ramen noodles for the, for the, you know, the 20th day in a row. I mean, you know what I mean? And then you're like, so what, how do I make this into it? So, you know, it's never gotten that bad. But the reality is if that's all you, you do what you do, what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. And it so happens that I've been able to 
make my hobby into a business and it's been nice. I mean, that's, it's, it's, that's my opinion, man. It, it, when it comes to, I think, I think everyone should be able to do what they love. doesn't matter what it is. It, you know, if, if someone loves making baskets, dude, do it. I mean, I think market for it. there is, I mean, if, if, if there's, I think, and if there's not a market, I believe you can make a market for what you're doing and people will pay you to do it. I mean, it's just comes down to how, how dedicated you are now while you're trying to create that dream, so you you may have to work some part-time jobs and like, you know, I contract myself out doing stuff that I don't like doing. I mean, I, I'm, I it's kind of in the middle of what I'm doing, but what I'm not, what I, what I don't like doing. I don't like to travel much anymore. I used to travel a ton, um, but I, I was missing my family grow. And so by, uh, by not taking too many of these jobs that I don't travel as much, but I, I, I did some work for Macy's not too long ago. They hired me to come out and I was in Chicago and, they were, you know, I did some consulting with them and got them uh, on a different track as far as their sales and stuff. And, but I mean, that, it, it's not bad, but it's just one of those things you do what you have to do. Um, kind of like, well, Instacart, I, you know, I, I did some consulting for Instacart. I don't know if you know what Instacart is. I, I've seen a little bit just only on your channel, but maybe you can okay. tell me a little yep. bit more. Basically, Instacart, all it is is, is a grocery delivery service. You can go to instacart.com or you go to like your local grocery store.com. And most likely if you say, if it says you want it delivered, it's the, it's the company Instacart. It's actually, they're out of, um, out of, uh, I want to say they're San, it's San Francisco. I think, I think their head, I know they got multiple offices, but I think their headquarters is in San Francisco. They hired me to evaluate the Salt Lake area. So okay. I, I evaluated it, see what the ups and downs of it all. Um, and so, and while, while in that process, I got to do some ride alongs with some of the, uh, the, the driver, the riders and things like that. And let me tell you, these guys worked their butts off. And one of these, one of these girls, uh, her name, believe it or not, her name is Devin, but D E V E N, not D E V I N. Um, and she, uh, she's like, uh, she's doing this, but, and well, cause she has to, because she's trying to get into acting. And I'm like, Interesting. and so she's doing what she has to do to do what she wants to do. And, he you know, yeah, no, I mean that's a that's a big component too. Again, going back to, to to raising kids, I mean, I always tell my you know mine, you have to pay your dues. Uh, you know, if you, whatever career you're gonna get to, to or whatever, you know, you, there's no, there's a very few times, there's very few instances when there is a skip over button. More often than not, you're going to have to do the grind work to get to where you, you to where you eventually want to be. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, especially well, that's one sometimes what I talk to my clients about uh, with regards to housing is the fact that yeah, everybody wants, you know, the the big house, you know, with all the amenities. But especially here in Southern California, where our market is just bananas, pricing oh my wise, gosh. you have to, you know, if you're going to be smart about it and you don't want to mortgage yourself to the hilt, you have to go in baby steps. And maybe that the 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 house of your dreams, maybe that's ten, fifteen years away because you have to build up well, equity somewhere else. But that's part of the, you know escaping that instant gratification. I mean, that's everybody wants instant gratification. Everybody wants what they want now. I mean, I would love to have a uh, you know be my goal in life was to be retired by the time I'm 45. Well, here I am, five years away, and that's probably not probably not going to going to happen. But we'll, ha we'll by the time I'm 45, I should have enough in play that I will be comfortable and I can still do, and I'll be 100 doing what I want to do. But it's those baby steps, like you're saying, you, you, you can't, everybody would love to have that big giant, uh, you know, MTV uh, Cribs house come in here, right. look, look at my refrigerator, that type of stuff. But the, you, you got to start somewhere. And the reality is if they, if a person starts smaller and what they can afford into their budget, they can stash money away 
and they can gain equity in their house in the time to by the time they, they, they get to where they can do it, they'll have enough money to put down on the next step of a house. And they have that equity that they when they sell the house, they can move up to what they need to do. I mean, that's that's sure. just well, to me, that's basic common sense. But we live but, in a world yeah, common, I, I mean, common and, and sense I, isn't always isn't that common. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's something that I that I saw. And again, I, there's different markets, and, and and you might you might have experienced different things. But at least in Southern California, where we're at, especially during the run up up to 2008, people yeah. with basic basic educations or or b- very basic jobs could go out there and mortgage themselves up to five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars because the right. lenders were giving the money away. What yeah. happened is that, is that you created a culture of, oh, I can just walk in and get it. Right, but the re- it was all fake, uh, and, and it wasn't based on anything, or it was a jobless away from disaster. But mm-hmm. people weren't thinking that way, and I think that that that's at least I, I don't you know that's what I talk to my clients about, especially younger clients who are looking to get into things. A lot of times is you need to save up to even start even thinking about getting a home. Would I want to sell you something right now? Of course, but you don't have the funds. Well, and but that's ha- that's 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 the hard part is acknowledge- that for anyone acknowledging that. But I, I should. I want to be able to do this. Well, every, you know, I I would love to have you know that Porsche Panamera. That'd be beautiful. I'd love to have that car. But will that if I even if I if I financed it, which I I hate financing cars. I pay cash for cars. That's just how I do it. I just don't like pay. You know, even if it's an expensive car, we save money for the car. Right. But the um, if I if I was to get the car, which I'm for sure I could finance one and, and be awesome. But my payment would be so high. Is it even you know sustainable to even do? So what would I be pulling money away to do this? You know what I mean? If I so money's got to come from somewhere. So I'm like, okay, well, if I if I was to get that car, you know, I could steal money from other parts of the budget that we have, and and you know, of course, my kids. Hey, you just don't play rugby for a year. Well, that's right. stupid. My kids need to have that experience of playing rugby and be part of the team. So for, for to justify my own instant gratification to have a nice, big, beautiful car like that. I don't think it's worth it. I mean, and it goes for anything in life, anything we want. And that, that's why we have to learn to curb our, our, um, our, you know, wants immediately and, and say, I can settle and I'll be okay if I just wait a little bit. And that's the hard part is saying I can wait a little bit. And the thing is, if you wait a little bit, so, you know, a lot of times the things that we think we want are not necessarily what we want. It, we, we, we get sucked into it. Well, it's, it's the impulse buying. You go to the grocery store. You, there's the reason there's candy bars and all those other stuff right around the cash register is because you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? I could use a drink for the, or an, and a, and a snack on the way home. And so you buy it. And that is the highest, some of the highest marked up stuff in any grocery store right there beside the cash register. And you're like, Oh, it's only a buck. But if you curb your appetite and you say, you know, what? I don't really need that candy bar. I'm going to just save the money. And then you, if you do it even smarter, you say, okay, the money that was buy that candy bar, I'm going to take that dollar out. I'll throw it into a, into the bank, into a savings account. And then and, you start, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and that is an old marketers uh, telling, telling us the secrets of the trade right there. <laughs> well, but th- that's, uh, that's part of life. I mean, that, I was raised, uh, you know, I was raised with a budget. My parents taught us how to budget. They taught us, you do this to do this. If you want to take that amazing vacation, you figure out what you don't need in life. Because you, there's only, you can only make so much money in a month. I mean, and, and when you run your own business like I do, you, you don't know if one month will be less than the it next It fluctuates, month. yes. And so we, we have our basic budget. We know it costs this much money a month for us to live. And then, then if we make more than that, we take, that doesn't mean we have that excess to just go blow. We put that to the side 
because the, the following month we may make less. And so then we have to have that buffer. You know, I, I honestly think everyone should run their own business because they'll realize how very quickly how fragile their personal finances are. <laughs> and then it comes down to like, okay, what if out of all our bills, what is more important? You know, here in Utah, we rent, we, we're, we want to build a house, but we're renting right now. Um, and so I'm, for, I told my wife and my kids, like, here's the deal. If things ever got really hard, what's the first thing we would pay? They're like, uh, I don't know, power bill. I'm like, no, the rent, because we can live without power. I mean, that, right. sounds, that sounds ridiculous to say you'd live without power. But to have your family safe in a location means more than, than having that power bill. I mean, it's never gotten that bad. But, you know, you, you just have to put you have to put priorities on all your bills. So. Well, and they have to, and the kids need to understand that you're thinking about that stuff is that, you know, that when, when they go to school or whenever they go to camp uh, or, or whenever they're doing something, you know, what's going on at home. And that is mom and dad doing what they have to do to keep, like you said, just the basics, the power yeah. on the, the, the mortgage paid or the rent paid, uh, you know, that the, you know, the, 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 the parents are not necessarily being frivolous when you're out and about. And right. that's one of the things that I try to instill to my kids is the fact that anything that happens in this household happens because mom and dad are doing something to get to it. And right. there will be a day where, you know, and, and we were just talking about this, she and I, about the fact that, you know, let's say that my oldest, once he, he gets out of schooling, what if he were to decide, well, I, I want to take a year off from college or I want to find myself? Okay, but you will contribute to the household. You'll need to find something to do because you're not going to just live here at, you know, and we're going to be at your beck and call. You need to be a contributor. And it doesn't mean that we're going to, you know, I would love to pay them top dollar for uh, for rent, but I think I'll give them a, a, a friends and family discount. But you well, just got you just got to get you know help. Well, when I turned uh, you know so turned nineteen, I went and served a mission for my church. Um, went you know, and then uh, I got back. I'm twenty one, um, and I'm twenty one years old. I'm I'm back <clears throat> I'm back living with my parents again, and you know, it's kind of which is always weird. What you live on your own is kind of like go live back with sure. your parents again. You're like, oh, this is not how I like it. <laughs> I, it and not that you don't like your parents. You're like, you're just so used to the freedoms that you had. And so um, my parents are like, you can live here all as long as you want. But they said, my dad, and my dad is the, he's, he's a very wise man. He seriously is. And he, and the, he not, not that he does not want us to be in the house, but he says, if you're going to be here for a long extended time, he goes, I would just like you to contribute. That's all I want to do. So he says, you're, you, there would be, if there's four of us in the house, you'll pay one fourth of the water bill. I'm like, yeah. okay. And, but I mean, but the, it wasn't, that wasn't the incentive to move out. It was just the incentive that my parents say, you know what, you're old enough. You can have a job. You can do the, you can make money. You have those abilities. Go do it. That's all it was. It, it was just them saying, you are your own person. Go do your own thing. And, you know, I, of course I'm, you know, I'm 21. I bought, I bought and sold houses when I was uh, 18 all the time. I, I, I grew up in the real estate business. We grew up remodeling okay. these old Victorian houses. And so um, I, I, I probably by the time I, before I was 19, I, I bought and sold probably six houses, you know, if we, flipped. Oh, wow. but that, uh, it was, it was, it's, I, you know, I love it. That's what the house that we bought in Nashville was a, um, a piece of junk house. <laughs> the and you turned it into yours. Yeah. Well, we, we, we remodeled the place. I mean, the back part of the house was sitting in the ground. I mean, it, it had sunk so bad. I mean, it's been there since it's been in that location since 1835. So it had, it had settled a good bit and I had to lift up. We had to jack the house up, dig out a bunch of dirt, put a new whole foundation in. I mean, I grew up doing all that. And so, but I, but when I was 21, I'm like, I found this little house. It was a, it was, well, and it was a, it was a house where the, the, um, this couple is there. 
mother, she lived there and she died and they just didn't, they didn't want to have to pay the taxes on the inheritance. So they just gave it away. I mean, I bought the house for like $53,000. I know it, that's dirt. I mean, especially for in California where you are, $53,000, oh, yeah. you're like, I'll buy 10. <laughs> that's, a, that's a motor home here. Yeah, right. And so um, I bought it, you know, it, it was out of date. We, up, we updated it and things like that, but you know, um, then, you know, I got married, but it was just, my parents gave, instilled in us that, Hey, you're old enough, do your thing. You know, right. you, you, you've got some experience and you have any questions, we'll always be there for you. If, if something was to happen, you can always come back home, but, but. You're, do your thing. That's what you're doing. You know, that's part of what you do. You have to get out and do it. And so the way that you repay the kindness of, of, of this man is to throw away his favorite penguin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for, for the for those who, who don't who are not clued in like I am, I, I I listened to about six podcasts yesterday, and I got to hear a story of a penguin. I I highly recommend you going to check out. Uh, I don't know what episode. I can't was. remember. I mean, and I don't number my episodes, which probably makes people mad. I just we just put a name on them, and then... <laughs> right? But well, so okay, the story of the penguin is kind of funny. I mean, the reality is, my dad. So my dad. Okay, my dad grew up in a very, very poor, he did. And um, he never had anything. And so everything he ever gets, he wants to keep. So my dad is kind of a hoarder. I mean, I had, it's ter- he's not too bad where you, where you walk through the house and there's papers stacked up everywhere. You know, you like you see on these hoarder TV shows, but you know, he keeps and collects everything he gets his hands on. Right. Um, which can be a nightmare when uh, when him and my mom pass, because then all my brothers and I will have to go and uh, figure that one out. But that, hey, I'll, we'll take on the task when, when, the, when that time is here. We're not even talking about it now. But so this poor penguin, um, yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we were having a yard sale and, and the, the penguin disappeared. <laughs> and I heard that he was very affected by the, by the loss of this. He uh, was. He loved that penguin. And my mom and I were like, we didn't realize that he loved it that much. I mean, it was. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, I feel like garbage for doing that, but hey. <laughs> no, you know, it's amazing. I, and, and I always wonder what stories my kids are going to tell about me and the things that I, I, that I think are so important and that I try to instill in, in them. And, and that they, one day they're going to chuck it out and say, yeah, dad, you know, <laughs> your, your, your you know, collection of shot glasses, you know, we, we don't need them. <laughs> Well, and, and, and it's different for me because I really don't like stuff. I don't. I mean, and I, I have memories, but it was usually that's what it is. It's a memory of this. And I, I have, there's a few things that I have kept that are, you know, that walk you down memory lane. But majority of it is, you know, we, we, we do videos, we do photos. And that's seriously the memories I have. Now, my, my kids, my son, he collects hats. I mean, the other day he went to the, uh, um, the Mercedes dealer and he's in there talking. He loves cars and, and, and they're like, and, and, and he's like, oh, how much for a hat? And the guy's like, I'll just give you a hat. And he's, he's excited. So he's got ha- all these hats from all these different car dealerships and, oh. you know, these, these brands. And he loves them. He loves hats. I'm, I'm here going, I don't need that stuff. But, you know, I, I would be perfectly content in a tiny home, just my wife and I, when we're older. And that's all we have. Well, that's, that's where, that's Nick, I keep on calling her Nick. That's Nicole is my wife's name, but that's what Nick and I keep on talking about is one day we, we have this fairly large lot here in Southern California and it's very nice. It's super expensive to keep watered uh, because just water is a rarity and and we're trying to, you know, water the desert here. But I I know one day, you you know, if, if it was all ideal, we would go to a place like Sedona or right. uh, we, we in Utah, as a matter of fact, I, I, I forget the name of the place that we went to, but it's um, 
uh, not not not. Uh, I forget the name of Saint George. Saint George, yeah, uh, that's beautiful we, down there. We fell in love with with that area, or we would go to Morro Bay or somewhere, you know, far away. But even if we had just a tiny little condo for just her and I, we don't have to worry about a lawn, you know, uh, and we just had access to to, to a little bit of shopping, uh, you know, a little right. market. Right. We want to get the heck out of Dodge. And we love Southern California. There's a lot of things that I do enjoy about it, but it is so dense with people that uh, <laughs> I, I, I would want to eventually end up in, in a different part and maybe come down here to visit the kids. Well, yeah. my, my kids, I, they've never been to California. So I took my son to California woods last year. And, and my, my, my son, he goes, I love California. I said, do you want to live here? He goes, no. I said, why not? He goes, there's a lot of people. Yep. <laughs> and I, I said, he says, but he goes, this is the perfect place to go visit. I'm like, well, there we go. <laughs> I mean, I love California. I'd move to California, you know, tomorrow if 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 I could find the right the spot and I could afford it and all. I'd be, I'd, I'd love that. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, start start uh, saving your pennies. I will tell you, it's crazy. We we just had a two bedroom house here, not too far, you know, down the street from where we're at. We just sold for a million too. Oh so, my gosh. So, <laughs> I, I know it. Listen, it hurts, and never mind that. But you also have to pay the property taxes on that. So, well, and, 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 and that's. In the, in the real estate business, you, you'll, you'll, you'll definitely uh, like this one. So we bought the house we bought in, in Tennessee. We paid $86,000 for it, sitting on five acres. It was a 5,300-square-foot Victorian house. <laughs> now, it needed a lot of work. Sure. We, we had $250,000 in it when it was done. But you're going, oh, that's $250,000. Yeah. Now, I told my wife, I said, I wish that house was here in Utah. Of course, if we was in California, it would be more. I said, I said, but with that property and the house, it would be probably at least a you know, $4 million house. Oh and, sure, and and then of course put it in California. I'm looking at what five hundred million. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> no, I, well, it it's not that like bad. It. It's it not would, that it, bad, but ugh. no, it it is it is very very expensive. I, and but in you know days like today, don't, it doesn't help. It's a, it's ninety degrees. It's not even nine thirty. I mean, not even ten o'clock. So, but there's some there's a reason why people do want to come down here, and it's that for the most part we do have some fairly nice weather, and uh, yep. I, you know, and I was, and I'm speaking for well, myself. We have very attractive people. No, there are. Hey, I agree. I agree 100. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, no. California's got attractive people. California's got beautiful beaches. I mean, California literally has almost the entire any type of uh, environment that you want. You go. You want city. You got city. You want. You want beach. You got beach. You want uh, beautiful trees and and mountains. You got that. I mean, it's seriously. It, it is a beautiful state. I mean, you just you just keep traveling up the coast, and it just gets you know you get all perspective of, of the entire state you go you got desert you've got um does, does california have swampland that's what i don't know if they have swampland uh i'm sure that we we can make one uh, <laughs> like give we us have some... hollywood we can make everything <laughs> oh there's here. plenty plenty of swampland there yeah. <laughs> no but i mean and so it, it, it california it seriously is one of the prettier states in, in the entire union i mean it really is i mean so you know, I, mean, I grew up in georgia i mean that's where i'm from originally is georgia and you know, Georgia didn't have beaches, but we did have swamp, which swamp is swamp. No one likes a swamp. I mean, it, it, it's fun to go to. I mean, especially if you're going to go uh, get, um, you know, the uh, catch uh, rattlesnakes for they, they have the, what they call a rattlesnake roundup. You catch the rattlesnakes and they give the, they take the venom to make the anti-venom. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, you're, I'm stupid. <laughs> no, no, listen. I, we went. My my wife and I, I. I'm not sure if it's it's the same, but I will say that my wife and I went to New Orleans. We had a real estate convention, mm -hmm. and it was also our 10 year anniversary. So we went down there and we did a swamp tour, and yep. it's one of the funnest things I've ever done. Um, did you eat some gator? We did. Good. Uh, we we had them come up to the boat, and the guy was feeding them. Um, 
uh, you know, little bits of pieces of chicken and the thing would yep. come out. The guy was one of the funnest guys to talk to. I mean, he had that, that Cajun he had uh, that Creole accent. accent. Yep. Yeah, that was so hard to understand. And he, he needed a joke, something to the effect of like, well, you, you folks, you probably think that I sound funny. Well, to me, you guys are the ones that sound well, funny. Well, yeah, well, there is something to that. I mean, I, I have a Southern accent. Depends on who I'm around. I mean, I, I grew up in part of Georgia where you really did. You have an accent, but it's not like, you know, most people think of Southern accents. They think of, you know, the, it's actually like a Charleston accent or even a Savannah accent where it's really drawn out and everything. Um, but I, one thing I've learned... Uh, because I've traveled, I'm, I've been, I'm missing four states and I've been to every state. One thing I've learned about, about going to every state, when I'm in someone else's area, I'm the one that has the accent. Of course, you right. go down there, you have the accent. You found it sound funny. And I, I love it when people are like, oh, you got an accent. No, no, you're, you're in the <laughs> South. You have the accent. All of us sound like us. You sound right. different. <laughs> but he, 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 he did it in such a quirky, funny way that, but it hit. It was like, oh my word, you're right. I, I came in here. And, and I'm, you know, I'm somebody that, you know, I have a Hispanic accent. I came here to the U.S. when I was 10 years old. So I never, oh, wow. I've never truly shed my accent. If I have a couple of beers, you'll definitely hear it. Um, <laughs> it comes out just a little it bit. It comes out. <laughs> uh, you uh, get, it's like me getting me around my good friend from Alabama. And once he starts, and he's as country as you can get. I mean, and, and then once he, when he's there, I mean, you don't have to get me a beer or two of me just to have it come out. Once he starts talking, then I start talking that way. It's 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 all it's all drawn out. It's a, <laughs> that must be a fun conversation. To oh, have. my wife sits there and just listens, and she and she's she's a Florida girl, so she really has no accent. I mean, it's it, she's. I tell her, she, I said, "You're you're a Yankee." She's like, "What?" She goes, I'm not a Yankee. I'm like, I said, "What's Florida?" It's a retirement home for people from up north. You're a Yankee. <laughs> you're a Yankee. <laughs> now you had seven children. We have five. We have five. Five. So five. So I don't yeah. know why I got seven. Well, I'm number, I'm number six of seven. So there's seven in my, in, in my, you know, I've got, you know, there's. That's there, right. I, 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 had, I, I had to account for the immaturity level. Um, <laughs> and, and now how long have you, now are we going to get cut off at an hour or does this thing record until we're done? That I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Well, if we, if we, if we uh, get cut off, I'll make sure to give you a, a ring right back. But Okay. Um, with regards to, to the other half, so how did you both come together? So, okay. And that's a really good story. And, and, uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in Florida and I'm actually, uh, um, so I'm, I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ. Saturday Saints, and so I serve a mission for my church. I, my mission call was, uh, to go to the Florida Jacksonville mission. Um, and you know, you meet tons of people and things like that. And my brothers, they serve missions and they scattered all over the world. And I, I spent a year on my mission in my own state. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you go where you're told, no big deal. I don't care. And so I'm down there and I'm, I'm teaching people about church and people ask questions about church. I'll tell them anything there is about the church. I'm not, I was, I'm not one of those guys like, Oh, you will join the church. You'll be baptized into this church. I'm like, here, here's what we believe. Cause there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to the LDS church. And I'm, and basically my goal was just say, Hey, let me educate you. You know, if it's like, if I wanted to know something about a Catholic, I'm going to ask a Catholic. I'm not right. going to ask a Southern Baptist because honestly, a Southern Baptist don't know crap about Catholics. I mean, right. And, and so that's what I did. And so, um, uh, Shannon uh, was not a member of the church and everything like that. So she will had some questions. We taught her and uh, taught her some stuff. And then, you know, I go home and, and um, I get a phone call when I'm home. And, you know, it, one of the things about being a missionary, is you, 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 you do like kind of a reporting of what you did. You know, it was this quick little talk in church and things like that. And uh, she called and said, Hey, but and rarely do you get a chance to hear the person that actually taught you some stuff about the church speak. Because, you know, okay. usually there's, there's these young kids that from all over the, the world going someplace. And, and so uh, 
she calls. I said, yeah, come on up. And while she was, when she was up, uh, came up to, to visit and hear my, you know, my homecoming talk, if you would. Um, I'm here thinking, yeah, Shannon, she was a cute girl. Nothing happened while I was on my mission or anything like that. But I'm here thinking, she's a cute girl. And I, here I am. I'm single. I'm like, huh. <laughs> right. And, and so she came up and, you know, yeah, we, I asked her out and she, we went out a little bit. And we, we actually dated for a couple of years. Um, and then we got, ended up getting married. But yeah, I mean, I, I met her in Florida. Is what how it was. And I met her uh, technically while I was on my mission, uh, and we just we we just gained, gained got to be really good friends, and good friends turns into you know great friends, and and great friends turns into a good marriage. And you know, that's 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 the quick version of of how we met. I mean, it's, the Cliff Notes she, version. Yeah. And in how long has it been since then? Since you got married? We have been married for the eighteen years in January. Wow. So I, we have, I've known her for longer than that, but we've, we've been married for 18 years. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's crazy. I, I'm 40 years old. Uh, my wife is, is, uh, is 42. She's two, about three weeks older. So I married technically an older woman. And I, well, and I, you, and I remind her of that. My, oh, I, my little brother, uh, he married a, a, a woman that's uh, three years older than me. And, oh. so, and, and, he's, and he's three years younger than me. And so... I call her grandma, and she hates she hates every <laughs> bit of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with older women. You know, mm-hmm. what's, that, what's that song? Older women make good lovers. I mean, no. yeah, come on. <laughs> I, well, and I will testify. Even those three weeks made a big difference. But yeah. you know, when when Nick and I, you know, met, we were 20 years old, and so when we both celebrated our 40th last year, um, we, I, you know, we did the quick math, and we we realized that we met we've known each other now for half our lives, and from yeah. this point forward. I will probably, you know, she's one of the people that I've, that I've known the longest right up there with my sisters. And it's this interesting component of how sometimes just people find the right person. And, 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 and you know, with us, it's a lot of communication, a lot of banter yeah. and, and, and a lot of give and take. And, I, and at least well, a little bit of the report that I have seen with between you both is that you both really seem to have a good give and take. Well, the, the thing is, I mean, you, uh, to, to make a really good marriage, you learn how to irritate the other correctly. I mean, <laughs> well, no, I mean, and, and the joke, all joking to the side, the reality is a good marriage is, is I, I personally believe it, the, you know, arranged marriages are crazy. Um, I, I, I think they're crazy, but it happens. I, I think an arranged marriage could work with anybody. I, th- I personally believe two people who have come from two total different backgrounds and two uh, different types of, you know, personalities can, uh, get along if they try that's the key thing and but luckily we live in a day and age where that doesn't happen that often um you don't have to uh, have arranged marriages thank goodness um, <laughs> of course my you ask my wife she's already got an arranged marriage between her, her good friend and her good friend's uh, son right. and my daughter which i'm like no let them just do what they want to do that's but right any marriage can work it, it comes down to good communication um you know, you have to have, you know, the, there's times when I'm down, my wife is there and she, she lifts me up. When she's down, I can lift her up. When we're both down sometimes, and that does happen, and when it gets really hard, you both get down, but you both know how to figure out how to get out of that funk to help each other grow. I mean, anybody can have a good relationship. I mean, I, I was told uh, uh, on uh, Twitter once that I, ha- I, have, uh, I may have experience in marriage, but not in a relationship. And, I'm, and my reply was, isn't that the same? If, do I, if I have, a, if I have an experience in a marriage, don't I have an experience in relationships? Because to keep a good relationship with your spouse, you have to continue to learn something about her and can, or about him. You have to, you know, 
try every day to make that person, to help that person be happy and to help that person through any needs that they have. Good point. So that, that's my opinion on when it, I mean, it, it, a lot of people can tell me I'm wrong, but. You, you, well, people can. And it's, it's fun. I have a, I have a good close friend who uh, every now and then my wife and I talk about most things and especially if we're going to have to do any kind of serious expenditure. Um, you know, let's say that a, a tire on a car on one of our trucks goes bad. Right. And we have to spend $200 to replace it. And, you know, I know it has to get done, it's, but I would typically will call her and say, hey, listen, you know, I'm going to be spending the money just so that you're aware of it. You can do the, you know, mind, mind the accounting. And he got on me about like, well, why did you have to call her on that? And I said, well, just because I, I, I like for her to be in the know. He's like, come on, this is something you got to do. Just man up, do, you know, do, uh, you know, make the call. Why are you asking for permission? I said, it's not a matter of permission. It's about communication. It's that, about both of us understanding. And he's giving me this brief. And at one point I'm like, whoa, you're divorced. <laughs> me well okay i have a friend of mine and uh you know it, it, i i agree with 100 it, it's not that you're asking for permission but you're you're communicating it's a gift to communication that that's the hardest part for a lot of people but i have a friend of mine you know he's been married three all three oh, he's on his third marriage now and <laughs> okay. and and uh, he's like and honestly to be just he he finds crazy people to marry i don't know how he does it he's just attracted to crazy nut jobs um, but and she is, she is, and he, she knows she is, and he knows she is, but he told me, he told me once, he goes, if this marriage doesn't work, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, dude, if this marriage doesn't work, I'm going to tell you, maybe it's time to start thinking and stop putting the blame on them. And maybe the problem may be with you. He's like, well, what do you mean by that? I'm like, yeah. you, I said, if you, if you keep finding what so-called crazy women, I said, maybe it's not that they're all crazy. Maybe you're the crazy one, and you have to reevaluate uh, what what you're doing. No, I mean it makes a, it makes a lot of sense. It, it, a lot of the times we don't want to look inward, and and it's got to be everything but us. And and it's one of the things that I, I've always enjoyed about and, and appreciate about my wife is that the fact when, that when it's me and she knows it's me, she'll call me on it. And, you know, you talk about a society where, you know, people want strong women. Well, a strong woman will tell you, you're full of it, fella, and you need to make a change. <laughs> and she does. And, but, she, but, but, you know, you, and I think you said it smartly just a minute ago that you learned how to irritate correctly. And, and I think that's what she does. She, any criticism is harsh because you don't want to hear it. But when you have a partner who knows how to deliver that with the, the, the right amount of spice, for lack of a better term, Yep. That, that's key. Well, and, and you know, the, the, here's, here's uh, some uh, criticism from someone that, that, that you love is actually kind of harder than hearing it from a perfect stranger. I mean, perfect stranger, you're like, oh, he's an idiot or oh, she's stupid. But the reality is with someone that you love and respect, that's the hardest criticism you, you can never get. But it's the most honest. And it's, when it's the most honest, that that's, gives you the, actually the clear picture because they know you. They know the situation. They know what's going on. And so to, to get that kind of criticism from a, uh, someone that, that seriously loves you that much and that's been around you that long, they know how to say it in the right way, then it could hurt your feelings. But then that's when, I, you know, you, to use the term, uh, you, you just time to man up. That's when it is time to man up. Say, so, you know what? They are, maybe they are seeing something that I'm not seeing. And right. so how can I look at it from their perspective? And that goes to, for everything in life. I mean, that, you know, take politics involved. So, you know, I, I, I don't I don't claim to be a Republican or a Democrat. I'm, I'm I think that's I think honestly, I think majority of the, of the country is the same way. 
And but they, they just have their. I think they're actually a good blend between everything. And I think it comes down to you have to be able to see it from the other person's perspective and say, how can this apply? How can I? How can I make something work for everyone? How can I make something work that'll? And not everything will work for everyone. But you, you, you. But if you always think about the other person, you know, then you're you'll want to do something that'll help them just as much as it helps you. And that, that, that's, you know, politics, that's marriage, that's raising kids, that's, that's everything in life. You know, I, I, I've done uh, many, um, uh, te- you know, uh, uh, corporate uh, te- classes and corporate teaching and t- corporate training. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, there's the, the question always gets brought up. Do I need to be friends with the people that are here? And my answer is no. Your sole purpose to work for that for this company is to make this company money, do your job the best that it can, and you don't have to be friends with people in here. And you know, people get shocked, like, oh, what? No, the people that are in this room are probably fantastic, amazing people. But do they have to become your best friend? Heck no, they don't. You just have to be, learn to do your job and get along with the people there. Now, on the other side of it all, if you get become good friends with the people that are in that business, that is a bonus. But that, you know, that's just part of it. You just have to learn to do what you have to do and get along with people. And that, that goes with marriage. You just have to do what you have to do. You know, you don't have to ask for permission. You just have to be, you have to communicate. You know, my, I am, my, uh, I wanted to go, uh, you know, um, hang out with my brother and, and, and his friends and, and, and uh, his, his, you know, he, he, he actually asked his wife for permission. Can I go do the, play basketball with my, my brother and my friends? And that, that always confused me. Like I would, because on my side, how Shannon and I, how we work, I know how our calendar works. I know what's on the calendar. We actually put it, you know, Shannon's old school. She writes everything in a planner. I, I, heard, I heard you complain about that, that you like oh the, my Google, the Google calendar. And the oh, man. Her, I, heard, give, I heard. Give me digital all day long because it's right here <laughs> on me. I mean, it really, I will, I will forget to look at the calendar and it pops up on my phone. I know what's going on. So we know what, what's going on in the family. And so I don't ask for permission. I'm saying, hey, I noticed that there, am I, and I'll tell her, I'm, am I missing something on the calendar? Which she'll open up her terrestrial paper calendar and say, nope, you're, you're, we're good. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do this. And she's like, okay, no problem. I, I never really ask for permission, but I always just clarify. And that's all that is. Where my, my, one of my brothers, he I physically asked for permission from his wife. And I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I do a combination of both. I mean, but I think a lot of times it's one of those things where the permission is kind of implied. I mean, unless something else is happening, at least right. between Nicole and I, where, well, you know, there's, there's something going on. One of, uh, one of my coworkers, uh, one of the agents in my office, her, her boyfriend was going to be, his band was going to be playing. I'm like, hey, uh, do you think I can just go and check out the band? Now, it's, it's in the form of a question, but, you know, the permission's already implied. But it, for us, it's more of a matter you took, you took me into account in, in your calculation, and you're you're letting me know that this is something that's possible. And and she does have the opportunity to chime in and say, no, you know what, we I, you know I, I think we should do, uh, do this, and then I, we'll calculate whether, you know, I go or not but, go. But that's no, no, the ahead. common, but that's the common respect that you have. I mean, you could, you, you you're you're taking into account, say, this is what I want to do. This I, I don't see anything happening. It's not that you're asking for permission. You're actually just saying what is am i missing something i'm asking you because right. you you're your own person you know what's going on you, you and you in many cases mom knows more than than dad does all day long that's why kids always go to mom first 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, she's, she's, they're, they're the uh, chief executive officer for a reason. Yeah, right. I'm just a worker drone, <laughs> you know. That... You know, men, men always say, I'm the man of the house. Well, you know what? I'm the man of this house because my wife puts the pants out for me. Exactly. <laughs> now, would you would you consider yourself a stay at home dad, or do you go to the office every single day? Um, that's a good question. Um, I am a mixture of both. So, I mean, I, I'm a stay at home dad, but then on the other side of my wife, see, my wife uh, works in the business too, but then she also has her own job too. So it's kind of mixed. She 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 has she has freedom to do it with her with her job to do whatever she wants. Um, and with with I do what I do. You know, we're, we work it out our schedules where there's somebody here for the kids. And that's really, to me, that's, that's the most important thing is that there's a parent home when the kids are, are coming home, whether school or whatever's going on. Um, so I, I, I'll take the claim of being a stay-at-home dad. I like that. But, I mean, I, I, when I'm, like, I do travel every now and then. And so when I'm gone, I'm gone. So right. I don't know. It, 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 our situation is, is, I'd say, maybe it's weird. Um, and so it, it's just, it's just kind of hard to figure out what's what. Yeah, well, it, 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 you know, it sounds like it's a little bit blended. And, and I think yeah. that, I, I mean, that's kind of our, our economy now. Um, yeah. I used to work as a, a manager of a real estate company. And then I went into sales uh, about three years ago. And I would consider myself a stay-at-home dad. But, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a full-time realtor, too, and a part-time right. podcaster and, you know, a male model up until my career ended uh, 40 years ago. Hi, I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I I put a you know I'm the one that wears all of these well like you 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 wear all of these different hats and depending on what time of the day you happen to be one or you happen to be the other and uh, and and that has made my life a heck of a lot richer you know right uh, I I grew up at a time well my, the way that my parents were is that my dad went to work nine to five and uh well, actually nine to eight sometimes because he had to do double shifts <laughs> right. for things and my mom was always at home and it was very traditional in that way and. I don't know that that was that was I mean, well, they did the way that they figured out life. I don't know that that's something that works for well, me. Well, it, the world has changed a good bit, though. I mean, and so we have we have a world where where literally you can anyone can make money if they're willing to work. Um, we, we have I have to say where we have a, a, a mobile app centric society now. I mean, Amazon opened up not too long ago, Amazon Flex, which means. You can work, and their whole premise of, of Amazon Flex is you can work when you want to work, and then you, to, which will open up time for you to do what you want to do. And you essentially, with Amazon Flex, you get to you deliver Amazon packages to people in right. in, in in block. You say I'll take two to five or two to four, and you pick the hours that you'll deliver packages, and you get a guaranteed pay of X amount of money to do that. And so, you know, we live in a society where you can you can do that all day long. You can work at home. You can be gone. You can. And, and so it allows people to get away from the old adage of this is the man's job is to go out and do all make all the money. The mom, the wife's job is to stay at home and cook dinner or be ready for him when he's when it's time. I mean, when it comes to, you know, I, I, there's I, I have been known to tell some stupid sexist jokes, but that's all they are as a, as a dumb joke. My wife always slaps me every time I tell one. But the reality is. I'm the one that's usually in the kitchen washing the dishes. She's over there doing laundry in, in, in the laundry. I'm, you know, we're both vacuuming. We're, you know, if we, we, we both take on both roles of the, of the traditional, I guess, you know, 1950s style family, you know, the woman's jobs are this, the man's jobs are this. It's just, I, I think our world has changed where, you know, you, you, you know, I know I feel like there's like a big, uh, fight against being masculine but there's i think there's nothing more masculine than a man 
helping and doing the things around the house. Because I mean, in many cases, that shows one the why your your spouse or your or your or your, your loved one that you love them. You're willing to help around the house because you live there too. Dang it! I mean, I, am I wrong? I mean, we all live here. My kids they do chores around the house. It's something that they know that they have to do because they live here. If there is no free ride, we all live here, so we all contribute. Now, my youngest, his his contributions are smaller than than the. Uh, my oldest, because his, you know, it, the, the limitations of, of what he knows and what he can do, but he's wanting to learn to do other stuff too. So that was just super cool. Yeah. I, it, it, like I said, for, for us, it's not, there's man's work or woman's work. It's just work. There's stuff that needs to be done around the house and whoever right. is nearest needs to tackle it. Now I happen like, right, for instance, right now, I mean, I'll, I've spent, you know, you know, this wonderful time talking to you uh, and it's, and it's part of what I do, but after this, you know, I'm going to, uh, if you, anybody who follows my Instagrams, they know the kind of meals that I make and they're full on out meals that I'm making and getting ready for her to come home and for us to enjoy to us a family. Now See, I happen awesome. to love and enjoy cooking. Awesome. And so, you know, and, and also I like showing off. So that's the Instagram well, stories part of it. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to jump on there and, I, I, and uh, follow you because that's one thing I, I love. We love food and I'm, and I'm, I'm a Southern boy. So I literally food is my life. Um, yeah. Now, part of that is now I've got to figure out how to eat better. I've been, you know, through some uh, stupid, um, you know, medical issues. I'm, the doctor's like, you got to drop some weight. Of course, I, when, I, when we first got married, I weighed 175. I haven't seen 175 in forever. I'm thinking, I'm, I mean, yeah. I, I, the heaviest I was at, at 260, and then uh, that's when uh, I ended up, end up going to, uh, I have high blood pressure, and I didn't know I had yeah. high blood pressure. I went to the hospital, and they, um, you know, they said, you got high blood pressure, you'll never be off medicines. I'm like, I said, well, that's BS. I'm going to get off medicine. So I've dropped 30 pounds. I'm going to lose about another 45 to be right where, I, where I'd like to be. Um, and then I just got to keep exercising, and, and my, I will eventually get off blood pressure medicine. But Part of that is I've had to rethink food and no, I haven't gone vegan. I haven't gone you know, vegetarian. I've done portion control and I've done the right kinds of foods. And let me tell you, Southerners love frying everything there is. So I eat less fried though. I mean, <laughs> my wife doesn't fry a lot of stuff, but I give me some fried chicken, dude, I'm all over it. <laughs> you, you and me both. I mean, being uh, of, of Latin descent, I mean, the stuff that, you know, the, 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 the greasiness oh. and the heaviness of things, but that's what makes oh. it good. Well, and, that's uh, it. But the thing is, my, my whole diet aspect is you can eat that stuff, but you just can't go back. Like for me, I just don't go back for the seconds and thirds like I used to. And I actually have a smaller plate that I use than, than the rest of the family because it's, it's a mindset too. I was raised, my grandmother would, would, uh, was around and my, my parents were like, well, my parents, not so much as, uh, as anything else, but you have to clean the plate. Yep. And yeah. so that it's a, it's been ingrained in me all my life. I have to clean the plate. So it's, it, there's no food left on it. So I've had to think, rethink this and like, okay, I'll get a smaller plate. And I know that sounds dumb. Yes. I have the kitty plate and I'm okay with that, but I still get the wonderful tasting food that I love so much. But on the other side, I just don't become a pig like I used to be. <laughs> like I said, it's, it's about finding moderation in things, yep. you know, but going back to, to, you know, the housework. So yeah. And, and it's, that's the amazing part is that there's a lot. I'm also the part of the PTA. I was actually on the PTA board for a couple of nice. years and uh, I'm involved, you know, I, I coach basketball for my kids, uh, middle school. 
I, I translate for our district. So I'm involved in all things school-wise, right? And, right? and so a lot of my contemporaries, a lot of people that I spend time with, a great deal of time during the school year, are, are, are women, moms. And I typically end up being a sounding board for a lot of the challenges that they're having, you know, whether it's we're dealing with school or we're dealing with their personal life. I mean, I, I, I have in-depth talk conversations because they are my friends. And oftentimes I, I get this, you know, from and, and they're happy nudges, but they're still nudges from dudes of like, what are you doing, man? Why are you posting your, you know, all this food that you're making at home? You know, you're, you're making us look bad over here. <laughs> Well, it's time for them to man up and do what it takes. That's what I'm, tell, I'm saying. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, and I'm like, I, I, I can't help. Not only am I, uh, you know, attractive and a fantastic cook, but also an intellectual. I, I don't understand why you, you know, you would be upset with me hanging out with your other half. Well, well, <laughs> well you, you know what it is. I and mean, if, if any man gets upset about stuff like that, it's because they're, it's not that they're, they're, uh, they, they don't think they're manly enough. It's just they, they kind of feel inadequate, like, well, now I'm looking bad. But it's because they're not doing some of these things that they, they feel guilty about not doing some of the things. And that's really the, the case when it comes to most anything. You do, people feel guilt, and they, they always deflect it one way, is because they, are not, they don't feel like that they're, they're, they're doing 100% of what they could do. And that's seriously a real thing. Well, even if they're joking, there's still some truth to their, to their joke. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, there's a binding to that. And I will say this, that it's part of the reason why when my wife and I restructured our lives and I decided to go back into sales and she decided to, well, and, and because of the financials, she decided to go back to work. Um, I used to be that kind of guy. And, you know, especially after 2008 and when the economy went so bad that it was just a matter of keeping the doors open at the business. And so I would spend an extraordinary amount of hours you know, at the office taking care of things and through weekends and whatnot. And I missed a lot of those, those times with my children as the economy got better. And I decided to, to just for my own sanity, um, move on and do some other things. Um, I, I've, I've really come to realize how important it is to be at home and not miss those precious moments that you never really get back. And no, you, know, you, you, you can't. You ever. I mean, I, I can tell you how, how many of my kids I've missed the first steps. And now, yes, my wife was awesome and she recorded it and I was able to see it that way. But to physically see the first steps, I mean, my older kids, like you guys love to eat, our youngest, Ethan, more, more than you love to say, no, I don't. I'm just, I've just been able to have, be blessed to be around him more than I, than I was with you guys. And it's not that I didn't love you. It's just, I, at the time, the only way I could make money was to be gone. And now, I mean, like our first year of marriage, I was seriously home probably two months out of the entire year. And, you know, so it, it, that, that made it hard for, uh, for us even as a, as a couple because I was always gone. So, I mean, how many people say they're, they're going to leave their spouse months on time when they first get married? But, I mean, I, <laughs> so. Bill's got to get paid, though. Oh, I'm, they, you, you got to have – we got to have a house. We got to have, uh, you know, food. I mean, the, the, you, you doesn't take – just because you get married doesn't take the responsibility away from the stuff that has to happen every day. I mean, that's, I mean, I, and honestly, when I first got married, um, I worked for the, co one, the company I worked for, I took two weeks vacation and they knew it. I come back from that vacation and they let me go. Yep. Uh, and, that's... and that happens a lot. And so I went to go work for my brother's company. And uh, so it, and it put me out of town all the time. But hey, we had bills to pay. It's just part of it. So now, how do the holidays work with you guys? Because it seems like your your family maybe is in different states. Okay, so my 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 parents are in Alabama. Um, they, my dad bought some land, and uh, you, you'll love this as a real estate guy. He he bought a hundred acres in Alabama, 
um, years ago it, it was, and he paid $500 an acre. So <laughs> <laughs> when you can buy land for $500 an acre, you buy every bit of it. You can. Yes, you can. <laughs> so yes, you he, can. he, he bought the land and he built a house. So my parents are in Alabama. Um, my, my brothers, I've got two brothers in the FBI. So they're, they're all over everywhere too. They're, you know, they they get, get sent to a place to eat different places all the time. Um, and not, I, with all, with my, with my family, we're, we're scattered all over the country. Now I am lucky that I have a brother that's out here in Utah. He's, he's fairly close. He's actually, uh, I'd say probably a mile and a half away from where I live right now. Okay. Um, and so I have family here. Uh, my sister, she's down in Nevada. Um, so we're, we're all over the country when it comes to the holiday. Well, and then my wife's family, they're, they're all from Florida. Um, but the, um, the, you know, it, when it comes to the holidays, we kind of, now we kind of just do our own thing. Um, you know, we'll go visit my family every now and then. I think we're trying to go out to see that my, my parents, um, this coming Christmas, um, it just comes down to I've I, I got to close this one deal is what the goal for for that budget to fit in the budget. I've got to close uh, this deal with this one client of mine, and if that works, then we will definitely go down to Alabama for 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 Christmas. But we do we just kind of do our own thing. I mean, we we've never I know some people do you know Christmas shares and holiday shares, so they'll go here for this one holiday and they'll go over this holiday. We've never really done that. Okay, um, we're we're different, I guess. We're you know, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. It just comes down to you do what 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 you have to do, and what, with the, my wife's family, um, you know, my mother in law she she died of cancer what uh, three years ago, um, and so my father in law uh, he um, he 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 goes to like his family, and he'll he'll he actually spends a lot of time with my uh, my mother in law's newest husband. They actually became really good friends. Um, they're actually roommates at this point. It's a long weird story, but hey, it works. So. Um, you know, so they spend a lot of time together. So we, you know, it, it, we've never really done many holidays other than like Fourth of July with my wife's family. So we, our our situation when it comes to holidays is is a whole lot different than most other people's. So I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, 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 we try to mix it up. Uh, we, we, like I said, we go to Sedona sometimes for the holidays, just the four of us to try to get away from uh, you know, all the people, and plus it's so inexpensive in Sedona around that time of year, or we'll. You know, we'll travel at all different times. Um, we, you know, my sisters finally moved down here from Northern California, and so they like to host the holidays, and we're kind of glad to give them that now. If you want to go through the challenge of getting everybody together and cooking for all and cleaning up your house to make sure that it looks nice, by all means, you do it. We don't want to clean anymore. We're done. No, I, I, I get it. <laughs> I know uh, we, we, we hosted a, my, my, with my brothers and things like that. We, we all lived fairly close within like four hours of each other. Then we would all go to my parents' house and my mom would, she's like, okay, I'll cook the turkey. I'll cook the, the uh, Southern cornbread dressing for Thanksgiving. Then you guys just bring everything else. Um, but that hasn't happened for years though. I, I, we're, we're trying to figure out a way to do it again. But it's just, you know, with us scattered across the entire country, you know, several, some of us several thousand miles away from each other, it makes it very difficult. But, yeah, I, I miss those. I mean, I'd love to do that again. But it just comes down to making the time. And then, of course, all of us have families. Um, my oldest brother, uh, he's a, you know, he, he's, he's got four girls. And, of course, he wants to spend, he wants to, he's that grandparent now. You know, he's got four girls all married and all having kids of their own. And, and so it makes it very difficult to go back to what it used to be as you were a kid. Right. Now, real quick, just looking over, you know, the, 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 your, your calendar here, it seems like you are recording every single day. 
<laughs> we try. Like, it, it, the hardest part is uh, we're, we're actually getting ready to change some stuff. Um, we're probably going to do start doing a podcast, I'm thinking, maybe three times a week. It, it, it'll be podcast three times a week and then a YouTube twice a week. I don't know yet. And I still make take the audio from the YouTube stuff and put it as the podcast, too. So I, it, it, I, I'm a, a beyond stupid overachiever, and I like putting a lot of stuff out there um, and because – you know, I just, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> and then on top of that, I, we've got some brands that we're working with and they want us to put those at their advertisements on some stuff. So I'm like, okay, I can do that too. So, um, yeah, it just comes down to, you know, we, we, we try to do something every day, but like, this, like I, last night I got back from girls camp. So my, my, my daughters are up at girls camp and they needed some, uh, some, um, some men up there to just help out with the camp and do things, take care of things when they're, when they're out doing their own thing. So I was up there for a couple of days and it's been a, it's been literally a crazy past couple of weeks. And so I'm up there for that and I get back late. Well, I say it won't be too, wasn't too late. It was, it felt like late cause I, I, I didn't sleep well. It's hard to sleep well when you're sleeping on the ground. I mean, my idea of camping these days is the Marriott. Uh, yeah. No. We do uh we do this uh, backyard camping thing in our on our property. So we put the you know we like I said we have a bigger lot and we put uh, a tent out there, a ten man tent. And um, yes, when when it gets so hot here in Southern California, it's nice to sleep outside. Right. And so the kids do it, and, and they beg for my wife and I to go out there. And whenever I do, like last night, I my back is just killing me because <laughs> I don't I don't care how much pushing cushion you put you know on there, it's just not as good as a bed and. I, I don't know what it is. It's like I always tell people that it's like I'm a car whose warranty has run out the moment the <laughs> mileage set because my 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 body's just hurt. Isn't it crazy? I turned forty and I it almost it almost felt like the day that when I turned forty, I woke up the next morning. I'm like, ooh, what was that? <laughs> why, why is that? Why is that hurting? I, that never hurt. That didn't hurt yesterday. <laughs> that that, ha- that happens. It's, I know. I know it's happening to me, and so. I'm with you. I mean, there's some, we go, we have these big camping trips with some families and friends and we have a great time doing it and, and, and I enjoy them, but I am getting to the point where a mobile, not a mobile home, but a RV would sound well, nice to have. So my kids want to go camping and things like that. So I've, I'm actually, uh, I'm working with on a couple of things. I'm actually going to, I'm probably going to, I definitely will, will record and film the thing, but I'm going to build a teardrop trailer. And oh, okay. the, the nice thing about teardrop trailers, it's camping, but not. <laughs> And so my, the camp, the teardrop will be for my wife and I, it'll have a nice queen size bed inside of it. It'll be air conditioned. It'll have TV, you know, and then, on, but then on top of the teardrop will be one of these pop-up tent tr- tents that go on top of the, there. And then that'll, that'll sleep some of the kids and I can do the same thing. Put it, put one on top of the car. We'll literally have enough sli- uh, camping and sleeping space for everybody, but it'll be, it'll be the, the teardrop is specifically because it'll be the comfort that I need as an old man. I'm not that old, but you know, I'm 40 years old the comfort that I need to be able to survive camping. I mean, I, the old, the days of going, grabbing a sleeping bag and just throwing it on the, on the ground somewhere. Those are gone. I can't do that anymore. I mean, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. I mean, so, I, hear, I hear it. The other thing that I noticed is that you do five minute movie reviews. Yeah. So we, 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 we do doing the five minute movie reviews on and off. Um, was kind of funny, which we give spoilers away. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not opposed to spoilers. I mean, mo- almost every movie I ever go see, and I love movies. I mean, I seriously, I love movies. I love going. I love the, I've always loved the experience of going to the movies, sitting in a seat and watching this big screen of, of something that's amazing. And I, I will watch almost anything there is. Um, and some people don't like our movie reviews because I'll just tell you, hey, 
this dies. I mean, my my, my kids hated it because I I get I, my wife and I we went to go see um the um that's been out long enough. I'm sure everybody's seen it, but the uh, new uh, um, uh, Infinity War. Yes. <laughs> and I get back and my my son's like he's like me. It, spoilers don't bother him. He still wants to see it. And I'm like, okay, get ready for everybody to die. I said, just exactly as you expect it would be, it's going to happen. And then some. And, and my daughter's like, shut up, Dad. And she loves, and her friend loves Spider-Man. So her friend's over, and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not uh, censoring myself. I'm like, I said, one of, the, one of the hardest part, which I kind of got emotional in a little bit, because like, you grow to love these characters, was when Spider-Man disappears. And she's like, what? Her friend's like, you oh, just, no. just say Spider-Man died. I'm like, well, he comes back. We all know that's going to happen. But yes, he disappears. Mr. Stark, I don't feel so well. <laughs> I will tell you that, you know, watching that movie, um, first and foremost, and, and, I, and I did talk about this on my podcast. I did an actual review of it. Uh, and, and I told, my, you know, that I got such a kick of watching my kids experience it. Yeah. Because for, for me, you know, it, it's everything that's going on on the screen and the huge battles. And, uh, and I actually, uh, I like some of the philosophy that they were talking about, you know, Th- Thanos' idea on, you know, uh, uh, control of uh, population and stuff like that. You know, I yeah. get into the weeds on that stuff. But right, right. I'm watching my, my son and he's at the edge of his seat. He's, you know, he's, he's not quite a teenager yet. So, he, you know, he's soaking it all in. And he's, of course, we've watched all the movies prior to it. So it's a combination of years of... In, indoctrination into marvel and they're just watching and watching he's just jumping off it and then it happens yeah and he got so quiet so <laughs> fast and it that... hit and in watching that what i said on my podcast was it, i felt like this was their generation uh empire strikes back no i i agree i agree i seriously i agree with that my it was the same thing with my youngest son i took him to see it, it was just him and i and we sat down and we're in the luxury seats and things like that. We're, we're watching this thing and, and he's on the edge of the seat. And, and then all of a sudden, literally, it, it, the, what, what, what killed him the most, it was, and it was, it's kind of funny if you think about it. I mean, we think about tragedies in the world and things like that. This was, and th- I think this is good to help kids cope in many cases when it comes to tragedy. But when, when he saw Thanos throw Gamora off. Oh, yes. And he's like, he raised her, Dad. I mean, he's whispering, to him, he raised her. How can he kill her? I'm like, I, and then, so to explain that, but, and that's when the waterworks hit him. He started crying during that oh, point. And, okay. and, and because, you know, he, he loves Guardians of the Galaxy. He loves all those, uh, you know, which that was, the, that, that was the, the question mark when it came to the Marvel Universe. Will this actually work? And it did well. They did it really well. But it, it, and it, it hit him. He's like, and then, then, the, then the next person, and then the next person, and then the next person. And he, he, he loves the movie, but he, it was just so hard for him to understand how can I, cause he, you know, I guess I'm a decent dad and uh, he, he's like, <laughs> but it's like, how can, how someone, that father figure, cause even though he was a horrible father, he really was kill his, his daughter. I mean, that's essentially what he did. He killed his adopted daughter, his stolen adopted daughter. I mean, but it, that, it, that hit him. And he, you know, he started crying during that moment and I get it. I understand that. I mean, that, that that's hard. Yeah. And so, and which, which which gave me a good perspective of how do I explain this to to a a seven year old almost eight year old in a in a way that he would understand. I mean that that's like in, you know no matter how many times you know he's our fifth child, I've had to explain things throughout. But it's different for every kid. I mean and and so you I mean there's you know I would love to write a book. I probably should. My wife and I should probably write a book on raising kids 
And the reality, the, the end result of the book, I'll go ahead and give it away, would be, be do what you do. Because the reality is every kid's going to be different. There really is no definite way to raise a kid the right way because you're the parent and you'll know what's right because every kid's different. I mean, that's, they really are. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me. And, and, and you probably have seen a bigger spectrum, but I have too. And the, the way that what works for one does not work for the other and vice versa. And a lot of times I feel that I'm, you know, parenting. Well, I mean, there's some things that are just a given in our house. These are our course or these are our themes. These are, these are our values as a family, but individually, I have to instruct differently or, or if I'm going to give a, a lesson, one child will hear it one way and another child will hear it a different way and I need to adjust for them. And one of the things that I've come to realize, especially with my oldest, is that we go, he and I will go on walks so we can talk it through because he's also getting into that, you know, those years as he's a preteen going into teenage years where he's starting to shut down on me a little bit he's starting to be more you know whenever i ask like hey what's going on it's it's not the quick answers that his youngest sister will give me it's like well no everything's fine like no we need to talk it through and if everything in fact is fine i'll let it be but i still need to ask you i still need to engage you and you need to give me feedback because there might be questions that you want to ask but you don't feel like you have permission to ask and so i'm here to be a conduit for information and, and and provide you uh, a, a, an atmosphere where you can do that that's not judgmental that's away from mom and sister that is just you and I let's talk it through and um, I don't know I mean all these different techniques to raising a proper preteen <laughs> you know you're doing what's right I mean because every kid's different my, my, my oldest she's the type that I can sit down and I can talk to her and you know, you know and, and get the understanding and, you know, she, we can seriously, I, you know, not that my other kids aren't my best friends, but she's probably one of my best friends. I mean, we can we can sit down and just talk about anything. And that's the way I was with my mom. My mom, I could talk to my mom about anything um, when it comes to our, our second uh, child, Jacob. He's more of the hands on. Help me understand this. Right. And so that so it's totally different. Um, our, 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 our other son, Logan, um, He's a he's the most bullheaded, stubborn child you'd ever meet in your life. I love the kid. He it, it could be he could be it could he he could, he could be to the point of um, the stove is on and you say hey don't touch that and he'll put his hand straight on and say no it's not. I mean the skin would be melting and burning off of his bone and he, and he's like nope it's not hurting at all dad. <laughs> Contrarian huh? Yeah and so it's like how do you how do you uh, um, you know parent these all these different personalities. Well, you know, crap. I think, look, my parents, they did it for seven. And you know what? We all turned out pretty decent. I mean, none of us are serial killers. And, you know, none of us have ever been to jail. I mean, so if they can do it, I can do it. And But parenting is probably the most rewarding, hardest dang thing I have ever done. It's, it's, it, it, it really is. I mean, I love it. I mean, I, you know, I, I jokingly uh, talked to my wife. We're done. I said, let's have another one. And, of course, we can't. I mean, with our, with our, with, with, uh, with our last two, we had some pretty good complications. We could have lost my wife, and uh, you know, and we're like, no, we're done, we're done, we're officially done. And we we didn't we never put a number on how many kids we're gonna have. We just it just happened. Um, my other kid, like uh, this week at, at girls camp, my my daughter Elizabeth, she says, Dad, was I a mistake? I'm like, there is no such thing as mistakes. But if you're asking if you were planned, I'm like, I'll tell you right now, the only kid that was ever planned was Ethan. 
She goes, so, so I was a mistake. <laughs> I'm like, you were not a mistake. <laughs> she goes, all of us were mistakes, but Ethan, that's why you love him more. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we don't love him more than we love you. <laughs> we. <laughs> it's incredible what they hold on to or what they'll cl- cling on to. I mean, it's yeah. uh, that's the amazing part, too, is that they, they soak everything in. It's amazing the the amount of information they retain and hold on to i call call them my own personal narcs because you know i'm the dad that will you know get them an extra yeah we'll go to the store i'll get them like an extra lollipop or something or and 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 then they'll go and rat me out with their mom it's like oh yeah you know what dad did i'm like dude (laughs) well yeah what my my daughter uh yes but Yes, you can have some pirate booty. Yes. Yeah. My, my youngest just came in here. He goes, can I have some pirate booty? Yes, go eat some pirate booty. <laughs> so, my daughter, it is good stuff. Uh, my daughter, she, uh, she comes to me and she says, um, she, she says, hey, I won't tell mom that you did this if you'll get this. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'll buy that for you. And you're still going to tell her. I said, you guys will wrap me out the second we get home. There, I said, there is no loyalty to dad. There's loyalty to mom. And what... <laughs> I she's like i won't i'm like you may give it a day or two but then you'll you'll forget that i got you that nice thing <laughs> no i mean it, it, I, I don't know where this creepy allegiance allegiance to mom comes in because <laughs> i'm the one that spends most of my time with them you know like for instance yesterday was uh, free slurpees at, uh, at 7-eleven i know i missed it i hate it oh and so i i, I take them down to it and they get home it's like hey mom can we go get some uh, 7-eleven you know i'm like i took you yeah, but you know, mom's here. I'm like, yeah, but, but I took you. But no credit there. And, and it's one of those things where I come to realize that, you know, mom is, you know, she's mom. I mean, moms are awesome. And uh, I, so, I, so I, I'm, I'm fine being second banana. The only thing I told her is when it comes to you and I, I don't want to be second to banana. I, I, in that sense, I'm very old fashioned when it comes to, yeah. hey, listen, I'm, I, I want some type of not, maybe not top billing, but very close to. Well, uh, my my oldest daughter, she's dating now, and um, yeah, that's an interesting thing. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah. you know, I told her I, I've always I've always told my kids, I said, "Listen, you can always tell me anything." I said, "I'm not going to judge you." I'm, I said, "It may upset me, but I'll tell you, hey, this is upsetting, but let's talk about it." I said, "There, it just comes down to the communication of anything." And so she tells me, she goes, dad, uh, this, this young man wants to take me out on a date. I said, that's okay. I, I know my two brothers in the FBI and I'll make them disappear. No, all, <laughs> all joking aside, I said, okay, that's fine. Um, I said, no, I just want you to know. I said, no matter whatever happens, no matter, I said, doesn't matter. I said, remember, I always love you. I said, I realize that I will not always be number one in your life. I said, but remember that even though I may not be that number one, because you will eventually find somebody, you'll eventually get married when you're older and things like that. Eventually, you'll go off and college and all stuff. And it'll all break my heart. As the reality is, I'll always love you. And you can always call me and ask me anything. And, you know, and she remembers that. And she actually, you know, the, the other day she comes to me and tells me something that was going on and there wasn't anything bad. And I'm like, you know, I said, I told her, I said, you know what? Thank you. She said, why are you thanking me? I said, the fact that you came to talk to me, I said, I, I said, I want to be part of your life, but I don't want to be that overbearing dad that's watching over your shoulder. Now, on the other side, when the young men came to, you know, he has, I'm, I'm old fashioned. I, I like, I would love the, the young man when my, when, uh, whoever it is decides to marry my daughter, I would love for him to come and ask me for permission. Okay. That's old fashioned, I guess. 
but I think that's important. And you know what? For the most part, my daughter has pretty decent taste in, in, in these, these boys. She's, and so they're decent kids. I would probably give my permission to anybody unless you're told, unless he comes in and he's a drug dealer or anything, then I will make him disappear. But that's another story. But, that's, yeah. <laughs> um, but it just comes down to talk to me. I mean, my kids, I want them to be able to talk to me about anything. And that's, that's, I mean, I think that's key. I mean, you, you, the reality is we'll never, ever be number one in their life. I mean, we will always be there, but you know, and, and my, my mom, is she number one in my life? No, my wife is, but it doesn't mean my wife, my mom is number two. But she's she's you know she's right there almost equal. But I do everything with my wife. I I talk with my wife about everything. And, you know, I, but I mean I could talk to my mom about anything. It's weird. My brothers they don't they're not all of them are like that. I mean I I could sit down and and have a total casual conversation with my mom about sex, and I don't think my brothers could do that. <laughs> <laughs> they're like that's weird. I'm like, <laughs> well so. you know yeah I, I, it's one of those things where it's a very similar with with my children where. Um, you know, things are going to happen throughout life and, and there's, there's decisions that they're going to make that you're not going to agree with. There's people that are going to come in and out of our life that you may or may not like, but you, you, I, I've, I've always felt that it is my, my job or duty or whatever you want to call it to, to be there for them, to be, uh, to be a willing, a willing ear, to provide information and insight, you know, cause I have lived a life and, you know, if you have a, re- I've always told my kids, use your resources. I'm a resource just like any, anything else. Yep. So if you need, you need information and I can be the conduit for you to get it, uh, you know, I, I want you to succeed because I, you know, because I want you to succeed. And uh, no, so I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So no, I, well, that's, that's all part of it. I mean, kids need to, kids need to every, re- my parents gave us every resource to succeed. I mean, I, I, and, and not that it's bad, but I've never, ever had to work a uh, work fast food. I know people do, but I know kids do. And I think it's a great first job for a lot of people. And, uh, but I've always, my parents, my dad, uh, he, he growing up in a family owned business, he gave us opportunities to learn and to work and build, you know, my dad, for instance, we had not only was a family owned business, but you know, my dad has this idea: we're going to add on to a house. So we're going to add on to our house to make it bigger, so it fits everybody comfortably. People can have their own bedrooms, which I never had my own bedroom till I was what seventeen years old. I mean, that's what. It, and so he's like, "We're going to add on." So most people think when you add on to a house, you, you know, you bust out a wall, you put new foundation in, you add walls up, that that kind of thing. No, my dad says we're going to dig down. So oh, we wow. we started off in a crawl space with modified shovels and picks digging out and handing a five gallon bucket out the little crawl space hole, one five gallon bucket at a time until we dug out the basement. I mean, he, my wow. dad, my dad taught us to work yeah. and, and which, and so I learned skills that most people didn't, wouldn't well, especially kids my age at the time never had an opportunity to learn. I mean, I can honestly, I, I am pretty comfortable. I could say I could build a house ground up from the footings to the electrical, to the plumbing all the way through and, and have it done where, and so, and because of those skills I learned, I've never had to do some of these jobs of working fast food or, or, you know, working at the movie theater or anything that most kids do. I never had to. Now, did I miss out on some of that? Probably. I mean, I, I did leave the family business. Uh, my dad didn't care. He says, Hey, do what you got to do. I left the family business when I was what 17 and I went to go work for Kmart. I got tired of the family business. So I worked for Kmart for about six, eight months. And I realized that, shoot, my dad paid me a whole lot more. And even though this job is super easy, 
I was making more money in the family business. <laughs> so, so did you switch back? Oh, I went back to the family business. And now I think at the, out of all the kids that, that worked for my dad, because I learned so much from all the other people, like I learned how to do electrical work from his electrician. And, you know, the only thing holding me back from having my electrical license is just taking the test. Okay. Now, here I am, there I am 40. I can, I can do it all. Um, but it was just one of those things that at my dad, I think I was the highest paid out of all his kids. I, when, when, and this is back in what, uh, 19, say 1995, 96. There I am, what, 17, 18 15, years old. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I'm making $13 an hour. You're, be- yeah, yeah, you're, uh, I'm making you're bank. doing well. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's, there's adults, you know, twice my age, not even close to that. So, yeah, I mean, but it was because I knew how to do everything. My brothers, I, my brothers were the painters. They always did the painting and stuff like that. But I knew how to do the electrical. I knew how to do the plumbing. My dad could say, hey, this rental house on such and such street has a busted pipe. Go find it and fix it. I'd go crawl into the house, find it, fix it, done. I mean, that's just what, what it ended up being. Wow. <laughs> so. Oh, that's, that, that, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's a fantastic way to, uh, to start out. I mean, if you have those skills, I mean, those follow you for life. Well, um, well, and, and I, I try to do the same thing with my kids. I mean, you know, for instance, my son, when he broke his phone, made him go do it. Now, I don't know if you heard or even watched the, the I don't know if we did a podcast about it or if we did a, a, a YouTube video about it, but my son decided to take the car on a quick little joyride, which is definitely a big no-no. And, uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Fast and furious. He wrecked it, of course. You know, you can't, you, you can predict this stuff's going to have, he wrecked the car and, uh, and he's like, what are we going to do? I said, well, I'm not turning it over to the insurance. And he's like, huh? I said, you're paying for it. And so I went and had, and I did, he, I went and had the, the, the damages assessed and see what it was going to cost. And it, it was a little over uh, $1,500 for, for the oh, butt. He did, he did some, uh, he did yeah. some damage. Yeah. Wow. And then I said, go make the money. Now, what he didn't know, he thought he was going to have to pay for someone else to do it. I went and priced the parts out. I went and, uh, you know, there was no, no frame damage. There was no, nothing like that. It was just all cosmetic type stuff. You know, right. it was, the, it was the, basically the front bumper, the front grill, um, and the bottom grill. It was, it's only Armada, so it's just basically the front. No, no hood damage, nothing like that. But it, was, it, it messed all the parts within that area up. And so I went and par- found, found the parts. I had them shipped to the house, and he paid for them. And I said, now you get to help me fix it. I said, you were going to learn to do this. Very cool. And so I, my, I asked my dad if I did an injustice to him by not just have to write it out. I, and it saved him. I mean, total cost of everything with the parts, not minus the time. I mean, time is money, too. But um, right. it, it was a good experience for me to work with my son, too, which was nice. But at, at total all in all, it was like $600 in parts. Literally. Yeah. He saved him a crap load of money. And he was expecting. And you know, he, I made him give all the money, the $1,500, to me. We went and fixed it, and then I gave him the money back. He's like, really? I'm like, I said, because the way we did it, you took responsibility for your, your actions. I said, you earned all this money. I said, should I keep it? No. I said, could I keep it? Yeah, I could. But it's your money, and we were able to fix the car and put it back into 100% condition as it was before for less. And I said, guess what? You learned something. Yeah, and he did. He'll, he'll take that, you know. For the next forty years, you know, if not longer, that will be there in his head. A, the time spent with you. Second, the fact that yeah, he he made a mistake, uh, but he you know, but he he made up for it. I mean, all those life lessons. They they they. they, Now that's an investment with your kids. That you know, because that will pay dividends later on. It will. 
I agree. I agree. Well, any time you spend with your kid is, is it's either an investment or it's not. And because I mean, you could, you know, I never wanted to be that dad, and I, it, it happens all the time, and it even happens for me too. But when you say, "Hey, I can't do that right now," and so, but you have to go back when you when you have to give them a no, like you know, I'll be in in my office, we're doing some work that has to be done right then, and to be sent over to one of my clients. Um, you know, my son will say, Hey, can we go outside and play? Well, that second I can't. So I always have to double up. I feel like I need to double up. So if I say no to this one time, then I need to make sure we get, I get to do it when I say I can do it and I follow through. I don't want to be the, I don't want to be, what's that uh, song? Um, uh, not Cat Stevens, but I, I can't Cats remember. Cats in the Cradle. Yeah, there you go. Cats in the Cradle. That is legitimately real. I don't want my kids to be the dad that's a, that turns into the dad, I don't have time for anything. I want them to say, I, there are moments I can't, but majority of the time I can. You know, it, it's very interesting. Uh, about two, maybe an episode or two ago on, on my podcast, I, I literally talked, uh, you know, on and on about that song. And it's something that hits men, I think, especially when you become a dad, when you catch that song and you really listen to it and all of a sudden you realize, holy smokes, I don't want to be that dude. I, I definitely don't want to be that well, guy. Well, and, and that dad meant he didn't really mean anything bad about the, I don't have no. time, not right now, but life, I mean, life gets in the way of life. I mean, it really does. I mean, it, you know, you, there are hard parts of things you have to do, but it's the hard, the part you have to figure out is when should and when can I make time for the things that are most important? And, you know, it, 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 if I do this one thing, will it hurt me financially? Well, sometimes losing that $1 or $10 or even that, that $200,000, it's okay to do that because you can always find money. Money can always be found. Now, I'm not saying be, stay home and do nothing at all, always just hang out with your kids. I'm saying do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. But, right. then, but then in return, make sure you make that time to be that dad. Make sure you be that time to be that husband. Because, you know, this life is, is very short. I mean, if I live to be 100, which would be really cool, I mean, I, I'm, at this point, I'm almost halfway done with my life. And will my kid, I want my kids to say, my, I will all, if, if I left this life knowing only one thing and that my kids knew that I loved them and I would do anything for them, then it's, I'm, a, I'm a success. That's what I want. I don't, I don't want to, I mean, that's, maybe that's dumb or, or cliche-ish, but that's really what means most. No, I, I mean, I, in that sense, it, it, to me, those things that are sentimental or, or old school or whatever you want to call them, I mean, that is how, you know, we have continued to keep on as a, as a species, right? Is that the fact that you want your children to do better than you. You want them to understand that you did everything that you could for them, that you were not absentee in their life. And whenever those times you had to be, if you're a good parent is because you had to, because you had to make ends meet, not because you wanted to. And I think that's part of the reason why I started podcasting is so that, that for whatever reason, if one day I were not to be here, that they can go back and listen to the recordings and think, oh, okay, well, this is where he was coming from then. This right. is who he was at 40. And maybe we didn't have the opportunity as much to see it, or I was interpreted in the way that I interpreted as, as teenagers tend to do. But now that I'm older myself, I can go back and listen to that and, and, and see what he was really all about, his right. struggles, his challenges, the things that he was proud of and, and what he saw in us and what his experience of us were. And, and that's kind of why I started, you know, started recording, the reason why I started recording. 
Well, the, the cool thing about recording, you know, and this is what my wife and I talk about this. When we do live streams or we do, we do a podcast or we do a, 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 a um, you know, an actual video on YouTube or whatever it ends up being, the, uh, the, the cool thing is these things, as long as there's power, you know, of course, you ought to go to the doomsday stuff, whatever, there's conspiracies all around. But the, as long as it, it's, it's saved somewhere, which we have a multiple hard drives, we keep everything on. I said, this is stuff that our kids can listen to. This is stuff that they can say, you know, right now I think about my great, great grandfather. What do I know about him? Only the minor stuff that's been written. And it's right. not a whole lot. But where this is a, um, this is kind of that journal, but it's an audio journal. It's a video journal. It's of the, and people can, they are, our children, our children's children will be able to see the things that happened at a certain time. And it, it can actually be a teaching tool. And they say, you know, it, how does that apply to, to us now? I mean, of course, t- time changes, you know, technology gets better, but situa- life situations never change. It's always the same. And so the things we go through, if we record it, if we uh, keep track of it in some way, it can help somebody. And that's one thing I love about podcasting. That's one thing I love about YouTube. That's one thing I love about, you know, any, all these different things. That's it's information that can either benefit or hurt somebody. And hopefully it's there benefiting. So I thought that, I don't know. That, that's you know, my take on all that. <laughs> no, like I said, I, I'm right there with you. With that being said, uh, I do have to go pick up some ki- kids from uh, summer camp here in a minute. I, nope, I wanted to good. say, you know, this, this has flown by for me, which still usually tells me that, uh, you know, it was quality fun podcasting. When, oh. Whenever an hour and 20 minutes go by and, <laughs> and, and, you, and, you, and you could go on forever. So, um, oh, I, I can, I, I, I'm from the South. I can talk to anybody and talk to anybody about anything. And, and it doesn't matter who you are. I'll talk about anything. I can talk all day long. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful to hear. I am going to be putting, uh, you know, uh, the information about your podcast on the, on the common notes. Uh, is there anything else that you want to like, where, where can people find you or where can they go online? Um, well, if they go online, they can go to, uh, you know, our family space is still the same. I have my family, both my family and my business is so intertwined. I mean, you can go to summitandvine.com or you can go to theyoungblood.life. I mean, it, it doesn't matter either way. They're all intermingled or you, you know, you just, and actually just look up the young blood life in general and you'll find us out there. I mean, it's a, whether it's, you know, YouTube, uh, Instagram, it, anything, it's all branded underneath the young blood life. So it's pretty easy. Terrific. Devin, it's been it's been my pleasure. I hope we can do it again because I have a feeling we let a few weeks by and there's going to be some content there that we can touch back (laughs) upon. You know, you you definitely have a great talent about you. Uh, It's it's pleasure just catching up on what you've been recorded so far. And there's quite a lot there. And I recommend people checking it out. And I uh, appreciate you letting me be on there. This is awesome. I I love connecting with new people and and getting to know them. And, you know, I went and and, uh, I think I found you on Instagram, and hopefully I can see what all this amazing food that you cook. Cause I, <laughs> that's... And I'm, maybe I build it up too much. No. <laughs> hey, it could be garbage. I still eat it, man. I eat everything. I love it all. But no, I, I'm pretty sure it ain't going to be garbage. I mean, that's... <laughs> I there, there, that. Let me tell you, there's not one single person of any Latin descent that cannot cook. I mean, hey, I have, no, I have not... I have not found one single person. And, I, and let me tell you, I'm a Southern boy, but I love all food. I mean, it, you, you put it in front of me, I'll eat it. I mean, even, even the time I had menudo, 
I loved it. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's a, that can be a challenge. That's a stretch. Itself. It yeah. was cooked. It, okay, I mean, it was gross, but it was good. If that makes sense. I mean, it's no, the, I, I know it. I've <laughs> had it. I can't, I can't convince my wife to do it, but I know whenever I've had it, uh, you know, it's one of those guilty pleasures where, like, I shouldn't, but I'm going to. Well, I so. tell my kids, you have to try everything once. Doesn't matter what it is. Try the food once, and if you don't like it, you don't have to ever eat it again. But the reality is, you tried it, and you know. I mean. Yeah, I'm a good old Southern redneck. Let me tell you, possum is good, but it's greasy. <laughs> you know, now that's some quality information right there for the people on the show. Right. Devin, thanks so very much. Thanks for having me, man. Let's talk soon. Take right. care.